1: this podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling.
0: Many, many, meki, meki,
2: You are listening to the flagship podcast with your host, Joe Lanza.
1: This show is so good. That I would rather listen to my own show that I recorded an hour ago in full Because then listen to that These these people don't know what they're talking about And they're paid professionals
2: And Rich Then then you listen to other wrestling podcasts and they'll stink Except for the ones on the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network All those are good, but every other one stinks. And we are live here on the Flagship Podcast I'm Rich, he's Joe Joe, what's happening?
1: got a packed show here We're
2: we got a move. very packed show got some fun stuff to talk about we got the royal rumble is coming up this weekend uh we got battle of los angeles this weekend too you probably didn't know that because i also didn't know that until today did you know that did you know that battle of los angeles is this weekend no clue yeah i found that out uh literally four hours ago so we'll talk about the battle of los angeles rev Pro's got a huge show uh out in the uk we got all japan pro wrestling crowning a brand new triple, uh, triple crown champion it's Lot of stuff going on uh, as well. We got some indie wrestling. We're going to talk about the Rumble, as I said. Plenty of stuff going on. Match of the year is out at VoicesOfWrestling.com. If you're a, a Patreon subscriber, anybody listening live right now is able to to uh, listen to it. But you listen to this, so uh, you're you know you're stuck with us uh, here for the next three hours. But when you're done here, you got the top ten reveal over there at FlagshipPatreon.com. I mean, some really really cool stuff where we go over the entire top ten. Uh, we also talk about you getting bitten by a scorpion. We make fun of reddit for a little bit. It's it's a, it's a fun show. We've heard a lot of people that really really enjoyed that, so I was happy to do it last night as well. And so yeah, the top 10 is out uh for patrons, like patreon.com. and tomorrow uh afternoon the entire top 10 will be out for everybody as well. So you can see what matches finished in the top 10 in Voice of Wrestling 2021 match of the year.
1: Yeah. That's uh that's everything.
2: That's it all. So I don't know. Do you want to, are we bantering or are we just getting right into it? Because we got a lot to get to here.
1: I want to talk about Game Changer Wrestling the world.
2: Okay. You said so. What, <laughs> full disc- so to pull back the curtain a little bit, Joe. Uh, very often we will do our production meetings. And by production meeting, I mean before I'm about to hit live, I go, hey, what do you want to start with? And then Joe goes, uh, and then says something. So, and usually, you know, you usually have a a thought in mind of, okay, let's do this, or let's put this, or let's group this here, this here, or whatever. So I said this time, I said, Joe, so what are you, Game Changer Wrestling? (laughs) You didn't even let me finish the sentence where I talked about, what do you want to talk about before saying you wanted to talk Game Changer Wrestling? So let's, this is maybe the shortest banter we've ever had. Let's get into it, Joe. Game Changer Wrestling's The World on GCW from the lovely, uh, not so lovely anymore, Hammerstein Ballroom. What is this paint job? Can we talk about this Hammerstein paint job?
1: Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know what they've done to my Hammerstein. What is this place? The Manhattan Center, but it looks like shit.
2: It looks like an abandoned mall atrium. It looks like you know what I mean. Like, what are we doing yeah. here? What the fuck happened? And I, I know that this happened a couple years ago, and yeah. I know there's been shows that have been done from there. But for some reason, it felt like it hit me and everybody else on this show. There were, everybody was just like, wait, what did you do to this building? Like, what are you, what? Maybe because there wasn't a lot of lights, there wasn't a lot of like rig setup. It was basically just the building itself, you know, kind of like a classic style where there's not really, you know, there's no curtains, there's no, you know, because I know New Japan ran it. I think Ring, Ring of Honor maybe ran it after post, you know, paint job or whatever. But like, yeah, normally, like it's kind of covered up by some stuff or you don't pay attention. This one, it was like, what have you done to this building, this beautiful building? I don't, I don't, You've I don't know. You destroyed it.
1: I don't I don't recall anybody running it post this weird paint job. I
2: thought someone did, but maybe it I'm may wrong. I'm sure the NoDo chat room will let us know if, uh, if if they did. I forget when the paint job happened. I think it was a couple years ago.
1: Yeah, but- I don't know, but um doesn't look like the Hammerstein of old, that's for sure. That's uh plus I think that this show was shot from different angles than other companies have shot yes. shows from uh from this building. So I, I think that was uh, that combined with the different look. Uh made a difference.
2: Yeah, they weirdly shot, like, away from the balcony seating which is a strange
1: choice to make because that's our choice the
2: coolest well, part of Hammerstein Ballroom is the balconies so
1: there was a lot of bizarre
2: choices. <laughs> there was a of the lot of bizarre choices uh many many of which from a production standpoint but this was uh the GCW's uh show at the Hammerstein Ballroom on Sunday it was available on Fight TV uh, as well as traditional pay-per-view we have a review up at voicesofwrestling.com if you want to uh check that out Chris Samsa in the chat room lets us know that NJPW ran it in 2019 so they did indeed run it uh before. But uh yeah. So I don't know if anybody else did, but yeah, this is a horrific paint job.
1: I don't remember seeing those ugly painted balconies before. Yeah, I, I mean that's all I'm saying. So um and that's not Game Changer's fault, obviously.
2: Oh no no I mean, no, no no it's the Moonies. No it's the Moonies' fault. Which I, I found that out too that Hammerstein's owned by the Moonies.
1: I don't even know what the Moonies is. Well I'll have What's
2: some fun. Moonies? Yeah when you're done with the show, look up the Moonies and you'll uh you'll see. They're a uh, gun loving, MAGA loving Asian mostly asian religious cult
1: <laughs> type thing it's it's all right
2: yeah no none of those it sounds like mad libs but uh, i assure you all those things i said were very true so uh
1: i've never come across you never uh, come
2: across the moonies yeah well uh if you're on 8chan you may have uh, come across with the circling back to our match of the year discussion if you're on 8chan i believe they probably like the moonies over there but uh yeah, give the, I, I give the know. moonies a look if you, if you really care to find out more about them but apparently they own the Hammerstein Ballroom now so there you go didn't know that so um so, so
1: they they commissioned this awful paint job uh, I
2: would have yeah I, I I would guess that they did I don't I don't know exactly how it happened but uh, yeah somebody commissioned it and I'm, I'm gonna blame the moonies for that um so okay let's get to this I know
1: dead comedian Paul Mooney
2: it is yeah I don't I don't think they're related I don't no think they're related but I can't I I cannot confirm nor deny that actually so okay. um I should I shouldn't speak out of turn. I don't know. I don't know if they're related to the late great Paul Mooney. So who is incredible, by the way? Paul Mooney rules.
1: Yeah. Good comedian. Yeah. Great comedian.
2: Very underrated not comedian too. Very underrated comedian. Paul Mooney.
1: A lot of people probably don't know Paul Mooney.
2: They a lot of people probably know Paul Mooney because I think he appeared on the Chappelle Show a few times, right? Yes, he did. But that you know that that was only a part of Paul Mooney. Yes. You know what I mean? There's a lot more. Of Paul. He just died. Last year, I didn't even realize that. I thought he, he died, died very couple... recently. Yeah, very last recently. year. Uh, I thought he died a long time ago. Wow, last year. But uh, yeah, he's incredible. If you've never uh, listened to a Paul Mooney or, or watched a Paul Mooney uh, uh, stand up, you should definitely uh, definitely do that.
1: But Paul Mooney did not paint the Hammerstein balconies, is what you're saying?
2: I These don't know. Again, I, d- I cannot officially. I don't think so, but I don't know for sure. So I don't want to say uh, for certain that that Paul Mooney had any part in this. But uh, he is a uh-huh. man of great taste, so I had imagined he would not have done this to this beautiful, beautiful building. So. Um, anyway, all right, let's talk about the world on GCW Their pay-per-view It was on Sunday Joe, tell me how much you love the show On a scale of uh, 7 to 10 How much did you love GCW, the world on GCW
1: Well, the th- the thing about the GCW show Is I didn't even think this was a bad GCW show I just think that all GCW shows are bad But this wasn't any kind of especially bad game changer show. This was almost exactly what I was expecting match for match (laughs) of what it looked like on paper, uh, which means I didn't like it. Um, but everybody who listens to this knows that I'm not a fan of game changer wrestling. I mean, everybody knows that. Um, so it didn't really, it definitely didn't exceed my expectations, but it didn't, it didn't come in beneath them either. Um, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of very poor reviews for this show, especially from people who watched it, who watched Game Changer for the very first time. And what I would say to those people is you haven't seen anything. I mean, I have seen at least a half a dozen Game Changer shows that were way worse than this show. I mean, uh, th- that are among the worst wrestling shows I've ever seen in my life. Um, and this wasn't that. I thought this was a perfectly acceptable game changer wrestling show meaning if it wasn't a their first time traditional pay-per-view debut in Hammerstein biggest show they've ever done I probably would have never even watched it but for this job that I do uh this is not a show that could have been skipped it demanded a preview it demanded that we watch it it demanded a review because we cover everything and we try to cover uh things that are, you know, newsworthy and 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 this is not something that we could have reasonably ignored. So I watched it. And it was exactly what I thought it was going to be. Um there were a couple matches that I liked, one of which wasn't even a was a surprise match that we didn't even preview because it wasn't announced until the night of the show. Um but there were a couple matches I liked and then the show fell completely apart and the main event was one of the most embarrassing things you'll ever see in wrestling and the fact of the matter is, that happens a lot on game changer shows. Again, this is nothing new or different. They're very often train wrecks, and they're very often terrible. But like most game changer shows, this was probably very crowd pleasing to their fans. Sure. Their oh, yeah, fan yeah. Base yeah, they, they, they don't.
2: Th- they don't really pretend to be anything that they're not, and that's yeah. something that like it's it's hard to get across to people because there there's two sexes of people that when you know when we talk about game changers, people either get mad that we don't like it or say that we're picking on them or whatever, or people that are like, yeah, they stink, they suck, they're garbage, and we and it's it's like two ends of the, that spectrum, and we're kind of always just like, I, I yeah, but like that's kind of what they are. It's like we're <laughs> we're not we don't come out of these shows and expect them to be better or say, ah, oh, man, if they just did this, this, or this, they, I mean, I, I think we've seen the track record. We've seen things enough. And we saw, especially with this show. I mean, this is a show that was arguably your, the best foot forward, right? You're in Hammerstein barn You're on traditional pay-per-view. Ugh it's a big time like this would technically have to you would hope right like you would hope and I guess I would hope that this is the quote-unquote best foot forward and this is like the best show you can possibly put together and and like you know if that's the case then again I don't think game changers for me but uh, I don't know I I, again it's it's one of those weird things that it they never pretend to be anything that they're not and it's just yeah you end up kind of spinning your wheels when you get mad at it or criticize it or whatever because it's like I don't know. I mean, people want us to come and bury GCW all the time, but it's like I, I don't know. They they are what they are, and like I don't like it, and I'm probably not going to like it ever. But there was some stuff that I enjoyed on the show, and I thought there was some things that they did well. But yeah, it's it's a it's a hard promotion to analyze, especially now because it's like it is popular, it is successful in that little niche and in that group and in their little you know window. But yeah, is it something that you and I enjoy? Is it something a lot of our well, listeners enjoy? No, and I I, I kind of feel like burying it's going to get a little old as we keep doing it. Well, you know, well,
1: the here's the, well, here's the thing, Rich. I feel like I've been very nice about Game Changer Wrestling every time we talk about it. Uh, I always soften the blow by saying I respect their growth and I know that their fans enjoy this. It's not for me. But now, you want to be a big boy promotion? You want to be on big boy pay-per-view? You want to puff out your chest and say you're number three, whatever that means, and that's that's debatable? to begin with but you want to puff your chest and say you're the number 3 promotion in America and the fastest growing promotion in the US and and uh and, and you want to do big boy pay-per-view and you want to be a big boy promotion well then now you're open to big boy critique okay uh you're not running a warehouse with 500 fans in it you're not running an empty casino in atlantic city where more people are illegally streaming the show than paying for it on fight you want to be a big boy well, now I'm going to treat you like a big boy. And this show fucking stunk. And it wasn't professionally produced. The main event was a train wreck. They had massive timing issues where the main event had six minutes. But thank God it had six minutes because if I have to watch – Yeah, I was Matthew... gonna say, I don't think I needed much more than the <laughs> if six I, have I to watch, If I have to watch Matt Tremont and Nick Gage wrestle for more than six minutes, uh, that's abusive to the paying customer. Okay? Because Nick Gage is an absolute train wreck. The man can hardly move. And I never wanted to watch Matt Tremont wrestle ever in his life. And that's the shit you give people. Now, listen, it pleases their fan base. I get it. But I can tell you right now, just perusing hashtags, perusing message boards, perusing our Discord, this show was incredibly damaging to Game Changer from the – look, their fans are going to eat up anything they do, okay? Okay. Joey Janela could get in the ring and pull down his tights and take a shit in the center of the ring and they would chant GCW and it would get over with these people. They can literally do anything for their fan base and their fan base will enjoy it. And that's a powerful thing to have and good for them.
2: Yeah. It's a great thing to have if you're a game
1: changer. But this show to me, reading what first time viewers thought of it outside of our bubble in our bubble was incredibly damaging. And they're not going to grow from here. They can puff their chest and talk about how successful this was and how great the show was and their little bubble. People didn't like this show. They didn't like it because Game Changer isn't good. It appeals to that very small niche of people who really like it. But first time viewers watched this thing and they were appalled at how bad it was. This show and particularly that main event is going to preclude them from growth Because there's a lot of people who are never going to give them a chance again. They had one shot here. And our listeners know I don't like Game Changer. But I watched this show with an open mind. I said, this is their shot. Maybe they're going to step up to the plate. And this show's going to deliver. And it didn't. Poor, and all the problems that always plague them. Uh, even with the hard out, they couldn't manage to time it properly. Uh, the horrendous, mind-numbingly stupid booking. You're running a show called The World with this theme of us against the world and we're the rejects and now we have our moment in, in the sun and, <laughs> and,
0: all and the we're going to show
1: everybody <laughs> and we're going to show everybody what we're about and uh, we're the ones that nobody wanted and we're going to sh- and then everybody loses. <laughs> all the rejects
2: lost. Yeah. <laughs> right.
1: To all of the outsiders. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, Janella loses. Allie Catch loses. Effie loses. Everyone loses and you know I assume that was to set up Nick Gage, the returning conquering hero, the mascot of the promotion, coming back in the main event and saving the day by winning the tag team titles from another set of outsiders, the Briscoes, who, by the way, now that they have dropped these titles, can they just like get out of this dumpster and sign with AEW already and stop wasting their time with, with this place? Can that please happen? I don't know that that's gonna happen, but I'm hoping for that. Um, you know, so I, I suppose the idea was Nick Gage, the conquering returning hero, and then, you know, the good guys win in the end. But my God, whose idea was that? And were they booked into a corner because these, you know, bigger stars from outside the company wouldn't do jobs in this place? I don't know the answers to any of those yeah, things. I'm not sure all, I, all I know is that it stunk. It stunk. And honest to God, if Ruby Soho won't do a job, don't book her. It's Ruby Soho. And I'm not saying Ruby Soho refused to do a job. And I'm not saying Tony Khan said Ruby Soho couldn't do a job. But if that was the case, wrestle someone else. Okay? It's Ruby Soho. It's not Manami Toyota. It's not a big deal. Okay, that, you know, if you understand my point here.
2: Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, you know, if, if especially like you her that badly. Right, right, right. If you, if you know that, hey, you're going to keep the Cardona story alive. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. That's fine. I, I totally get that, that maybe you Cardona, you're going to keep that story alive. You want to see how much more you can get out of it. That's fine. I, I get that. That's fine. Jarrett and Effie, that's an interesting one. I probably would have just had Effie beat him and send Jarrett on his way. But maybe they're thinking of another thing with Jarrett or it's Jeff Jarrett. So it's like, yeah, you know what? We don't fine. know the
1: politics of it. I politics.
2: don't know the politics of it. I don't know. But, yeah, there's no, re- there's, I'm not going to let Ruby Soho politic me. Like I, I'll let Jeff Jarrett politic me because it's Jeff Rich, Jarrett. Rich, are they
1: selling one less ticket without any of these people? Uh,
2: no. I mean, well, uh, Cardona and Jarrett I, I, I think are
1: p- – now, Card- now, listen. Yeah. The thing about Cardona, okay, he's the biggest star in the Indies right now. Without question. He is doing incredible work everywhere he goes. Okay, think about this, and I mean this. For all the alleged buzz that this promotion gets, where would they be without Matt Cardona for the last six to eight months that he's been there? It's all centered around him. Any piece of buzz that they get. Where would this promotion be? Nick Gage disappeared off the face of the planet for four months. Where would they be without Matt Cardona? He generates all of their buzz. I mean, if I'm a promotion that offers contracts, I'm signing Cardona. This is now the second time that he has created buzz for himself and, and gotten himself over. He did it with the, when he was one of the first wrestlers to do a vlog mm-hmm. many years ago with the internet title, the woo-woo-woo shit. Got himself over.
2: Long Island IZ, baby.
1: Long Island IZ. And he's doing it again. He's gotten himself over. This guy is a great creative mind. He gets it. He understands how to get over. And using he all understand- sorts of
2: media, too. I, I mean, like, yeah. using social media, using YouTube, using i mean, using it to its per- per- perfection, you know, in terms of the vlog and, and social media and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah.
1: He understands exactly it. how he needs to present himself to this audience to get over. Okay. Um... If I'm AEW, if I'm WWE, I'm attempting to bring this man back. Well, WWE, who knows what the fuck they do. But if I'm AEW, I'm bringing this guy in or making a play to bring this guy in. He's peaking creatively. He looks great. He's a professional. I, I mean, you know, and he's the biggest star in indie wrestling. There's no doubt about it. So maybe he should milk this cow a little longer before he does that. I don't know. Think about where Matt Cardona is now versus when AEW used him on a five-match contract. Nobody cared. Remember that?
2: hmm yeah, No a, one he cared. Was nothing. Yeah, complete nothing.
1: People complain. They're like, yeah, why are you bringing in Matt Cardona? Uh. If he came in now, think about the difference in response he would get, particularly in front of fans now. So nothing but respect to Matt Cardona. This guy gets it. He understands pro wrestling.
2: And I was going to say, the the match that, you know, and, and we'll get to it when we get to it, but I thought his match with Janela was on pace to be really good. There was a lot that I really loved about it. It was two, to me, professional wrestlers going in there. It was a really good story, a great build, and all that sort of stuff. And then, well, obviously, <laughs> it went the Overcoat way it was going to go, which we'll, we'll talk about oh, in a second. But that I think that was the moment I finally turned on that sh- on the show because I was like, all right, this is a match that just is, is, is very well built. It makes all the sense in the world, and then... Sam Stackhouse and Vincent are running, in, and I'm like, "What the?" And the horn slide. I'm like, "What are we doing? Come who on!" Is- who-
1: who is Sam Stackhouse? I don't know. I don't know. Why I'm, am I supposed to care about this person? I'm watching but, this uh,
2: pay-per-view. I paid $25 for this pay-per-view, and I'm watching Sam Stackhouse beat up Hornswog, and I'm like, what is this? Why what am I watching this? crap?
1: This? It's just junk. Just give me and Cardona every, and
2: Janela. If Brian Myers is going to come out, just have Brian Myers come out. I don't need Vincent. I don't need Hornswog. I don't need Sam Stackhouse. Come on.
1: And every first-time viewer is thinking the same thing. What is this trash? Why am I watching this trash? And the reviews are out there. I'm not making it up. But maybe I'm the wrong person to ask who Sam Stackhouse is because when Tremont came out, I thought it was Jeff Cannonball. <laughs> so what do I know? Because I that? don't care about Matt Tremont. I'm not a deathmatch yeah, guy. So yeah, I yeah. didn't I didn't recognize him at first. I'm like, who's this? Jeff Cannonball? And I'm not the only one. Because when his music was playing in Hammerstein, none of those people knew who was coming out. It's not like, like no one recognized his music in that building. And he came out and it wasn't that great of a reaction. I guess they're waiting to see. Who the mystery...
2: Yeah, they didn't get... They're, they're like, all right, my whatever, yeah. I think there was that buzz or that anticipation of who the next person was going to be. You also couldn't really tell very well uh, on pay-per-view because the crowd was mic'd horribly, horribly. I saw some videos of people there live and, and stuff live, and it was a horrendously mic'd building too, which really, I mean that to me, if like, that's one thing that I make sure I get right. Cause a lot of what makes GCW fun to go to live and what makes it, you know, a fun atmosphere is that atmosphere. Is that the crowd going nuts, the atmosphere, all that sort of stuff. And yeah, you could barely hear the people on this show and you could see that People were making noise. You could see that the normal kind of GCW crowd was doing normal GCW crowd things, but you just couldn't hear them at all. And it's like, ah, man, like of all things to hit and all things to nail, like you gotta nail that crowd thing. You gotta get that.
1: Look, I think they do a good show for their audience. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I honestly don't understand why people enjoy this, but um, they, they are the most mystifying, uh, successful, I, I guess if you want to call them successful promotion I've ever encountered in all of my years following wrestling. This one perplexes me more than any other promotion that had a modicum of success. I don't get it. I I don't. Um it, it's uh but but look, their audience likes this. I thought this was extremely damaging from the standpoint of creating new fans. I can't imagine a first-time viewer bought this and and you know, because now the standard is major league wrestling and not MLW, but uh, the promotion, but Major League Wrestling, you know, AEW, WWE, Impact, what have you, New Japan, and it just doesn't stack up. I mean, um, I, I, you know, Kevin Gill, Kevin Gill, I'm going to try to phrase this the best way I can. Kevin Gill is... The worst person at his job in pro wrestling than any other human has been bad at any other job in pro wrestling. (laughs) Okay. That's how, that's...
2: Yeah, trying trying to follow this. Okay, so he he is worse at what he does than any other person that has ever had a job in wrestling.
1: Yes, he is worse at what he does than what any other human who has ever been involved in pro wrestling has been at any other aspect of pro wrestling. There is no one who has been a worse wrestler than Kevin Gill as a commentator. There is no one who has been a worse commentator than Kevin Gill as a commentator. There is no one who has been a worse referee, booker, promoter, ring announcer, any job. The guy that puts together the ring, okay, the person who sells the tickets at the front door. There has never been a person involved in the pro wrestling business Worse at the job that they do than Kevin Gill is at announcing pro wrestling. He's an embarrassment. He drags the entire show down. And it's not like this is a a classy production to begin with, Rich. But he drags the whole thing down to beneath the earth levels. And we're already not clear in high bars when it comes to Game Changer. And I have no clue why they continue to employ this man. Or use him on their shows. Why? Why? Nobody likes him.
2: Yeah, it was also particularly egregious on on this night because at different points during the show you had Ian Riccoboni, Lenny Leonard, and De- Dave Prazak all there doing commentary, which is like three of the top guys at the job. You know, like what I mean? the, dream like the, team. the exact opposite of what you said about Kevin Gill is true of Ian, Lenny, and Dave. Like that is that if I had unlimited money and was booking a promotion, that might be my announce crew right there. Those three guys, or at least Listen, some combination man, here's of those the thing. three.
1: I don't besmirch anyone for taking a payday, but this promotion is beneath all three of those people. It is. I know I'm going to get in trouble for a lot of this. I don't care. You're a big boy promotion. You want to be on pay-per-view? You want to be a big boy promotion? Now you get big boy critique. I'm not going to keep softening it with, oh, I'm proud of your growth, and "Ah, it's just not for me. No. You you know, you want to be a player now. So, you know, the kid gloves are off. The show stunk. That main event was an abomination at the main event was was that the worst main event in pro wrestling history oh, American pro wrestling history?
2: no there's gotta well, be worse. oh there's start naming some. uh let's okay what's the heroes of, what's the heroes of wrestling main event i forget what that one was it probably but...
1: wasn't any worse than that
2: <laughs> oh i don't know about that
1: rich they had 14 minutes left in the show at the start <laughs> the of Bristos the briscoes
2: were fine they the...
1: Were were they? They went through
2: like seven tables and 10 seconds.
1: Yeah, They they they, were working by themselves. Yes,
2: and that was still okay. I'm fine with that.
1: They had six minutes when the bell rang. They blew the finish. (laughs) Nick Gage can't move.
2: No, it's... Listen,
1: everybody loves Nick Gage. I have no beef with Nick Gage. He doesn't belong in a ring. Will somebody say it besides me? Why do I have to take all the heat? He doesn't even belong in a ring. Look at the man. He could barely walk. He's terrible. I mean, that match was an embarrassment. You can't trot that out there. Yeah, the mutant fans in that building are going to like it, but people watching this for the first time? Come on. They were just happy to see Gage back. And it's like, how about, and if you knew if you knew Gage was ultimately working the show and you perpetrated this ruse for storyline reasons, how many potential buys did you leave on the team? Yeah, like, I was going to say this wasn't I, working the show.
2: I really, really hope that this thing came together like the day of, or they were hemming and hawing and they weren't quite sure. It was one of those things where, hey, they had a backup, and then the second Gage came in. Then it was like, okay, cool. Gage is our guy. Okay, yeah. You came. You're, you're good. We're good. Okay, let's do this. Because if, if, yeah, for if you didn't advertise this guy in your first ever pay per view, um, he's your biggest star. So it seems like a guy you would want to say, hey, he's going to be on the show. So I, I do hope that this was something that came together like literal last minute because that's a pretty egregious uh, promoting mistake to not promote your biggest star ahead of your biggest show.
1: Now, I was told that the plan months ago. Was Gage and Tremont coming back together for the show? Um, but what we don't know, and I'm not gonna pretend to know, is in between that plan and the show itself, was there a time where they legitimately thought Gage wasn't going to right, work the right, show? Right. And if that if that was the case, when did they realize he would be working the show? Um at that point. Do you just decide, all right, we'll just leave him as a mystery opponent and, and and we'll go for the pop instead of the business? I mean...
2: I think you're going to get that same pop, man. You know what I mean? Like, you're, you're going to yeah, get that same deal. None yeah. of this
1: felt very business-minded. No, because I want, up yeah, until I want to
2: sell those buys, man. I want to say Nick Gage returns to GCW here on our pay-per-view and he's going to beat the Briscoes and win the titles and we're going to hold him up high at the end of the show like... That, that that sells some buys, man. That that gets people interested. Yeah, I, I can't, I, I I can't make any business sense of him just appearing as a surprise. There's just well, no way. I, I, I mean, if you connect and people dots. said, "Oh, they're sold out, they're sold out," yada yeah. yada, and that's fine. Like I get that, but then you went on. Once you went on pay per view, now okay, now it's all all yeah all full steam ahead. We need as much stuff as we can to sell these pay per views.
1: Yeah, and they and they even had Gage cutting promos saying, "Oh, I'm not going to be there." You got to ask the promoter why I'm not on the show. And at some point. Even if it was, even if it were true at some point, eventually it became a work. So it's like, at that point, how many people said, "Ah, if Nick Gage isn't going to be on the show, I'm not going to buy the pay-per-view." I mean, who knows how much? I don't know. I don't even know how many people. First of all, I couldn't even buy it on direct TV. I first it went from five dollars to twenty-five dollars to you can't even buy it. So I don't even know how many people the show was available to. Um, number one. Up until the day of the show, they kept announcing people for this dopey pre-show Battle Royale that they were flying in for this thing to work for six minutes. So this wasn't the most business-minded show. Now I get it. Look, it's a celebration for the roster and the people who have helped them get here. And they wanted to cram as many people on the show as they could who have worked Game Changer shows and to give people a chance to work. You know, a pay-per-view, and for a lot of the people on the show, this is going to be, without question, the biggest moment of their career. Right. For sure. So, so I get it. If you want to fucking shoehorn juicy finale into the battle royal, knock yourself out. I mean, you know, it, it's that's not a move that's going to help business one bit. You're going to have to pay for his flight. You're going to have to pay for, to book the guy, uh, and it's just going to cost you money to to squeeze some of these people onto the show. I mean, unless they're not paying them, I'm going to assume that they flew these people in and paid them and that they didn't fly themselves in and work for free. But I guess one never knows. But, you know, I I get the idea behind it. You know, this is everybody's shining moment. And a lot of these people were very proud to work this show. And I'm not trying to take anything away from any of these wrestlers who thought this was a big moment for them because it was a big moment for them. A lot of these people will never top this wrestling in front of 2,000 people in a historic wrestling building. And, um, you know, on a pay-per-view and all that. So good for them. You know, I'm not trying to shit on them. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think this show did anything in terms of – of I, I, what I'm not gathering from any of this in any of the post-show uh, um, uh, discussions I'm seeing or, or or people talking about the show is that there was any kind of number of people who uh, who saw Game Changer for the first time who are now saying, wow – I'm all in on this. Right, it, it,
2: it was definitely a tough wait. show like that. It, it was definitely a show that I could totally see if you were a Game Changer fan, you probably said, hey, this is, you know, this is pretty cool. Game Changer, you know, after all this, you know, I've been with them for this amount of years or whatever. And it's really cool to see them in this atmosphere, a sold out Hammerstein ballroom on pay-per-view. Yeah, you know, that's really cool. I feel really proud of that. There's probably your, your floating people that are aware of GCW and do watch sometimes like like you and me and, and a few other people. You know, a lot of our listeners, I think, are probably that way as well. I don't think we have any like true GCW diehards that listen uh, to this show. But like a lot of them, you know, we'll, we'll jump in on big shows here and there. But yeah, you're you're right. I, I I can't I can't fathom and 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 you've actually you know kind of tried to do the research a little bit and look at the hashtags and that sort of stuff. And I followed a little bit. I followed a little bit of what people were saying, but it was hard to it was really hard to glean the person that said, "Whoa, I've never heard of this game changer, and I watched this show and I'm in. When are they coming to my town? When's the next game changer show it it, it didn't have it wasn't that kind of show, and that is ultimately what I do think, like you're saying. Is going to be something that maybe we can look back on and say, man, they had this opportunity where they had the spotlight. there were people, and we' we'll, we'll find out what the, what you know what the pay-per-view buys were or what the traction was or whatever, but as far as buzz went, I mean that show was buzzing. I mean, there was a lot of buzz all weekend about this show. I know a ton of people that were watching it live, I know a ton of people that ordered it on pay-per-view, and yeah the the general consensus from those people you know that that I mentioned were all just kind of like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It was interesting, and then like you know, never followed up on it. Never said oh, I'll watch it again. Like I, I think it's going to be kind of out of out of mind for a kind. lot of those. I-, I-, I saw a lot
1: of people. Well, i about no, I'm talking right.
2: about the people that I actually talked to, like my f- actual friends, yeah. people in my real life that I talked to. we oh, all just like
1: anecdotal eh. personal evidence.
2: Yeah, they were just like eh, yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to make it a global you know point. I'm just saying the people yeah. that I know were just like eh, yeah, it was fine. They'll never watch it again. Like I'll tell you yeah. that. Like they're never they they'll never ever they're not going to go to a show and they're not going to watch it again. That- that's I think pretty to me from from the way it's said but like you know they wanted to check it out to see hey it's on pay-per-view it's getting some buzz all that sort of stuff and and ultimately i think all of those people that i know came away kind of disappointed and like you said you saw a lot of people that were just pretty flabbergasted about what the whole thing was and exactly what the, the, the you know the the entire promotion how can you how can is. you yeah. give
1: how can you give kevin gill to new view how can you do that what does he add that's positive in any regard,
2: a lot of a lot of fucks. That's
1: what does Kevin Gill do other than other than provide fuck. negative value. I mean, what what I mean, and you have all of these great professional, best in the business announcers in the building. I I don't know. I don't I don't understand it. Is he back in this? Does he have money? I don't. know. Is that is that so. the answer? I think, I answer think it's yet?
2: loyalty. I think it's a lot of loyalty. I think he's a guy who's been there from from. One, All right, so. then let
1: him set up the chairs before the show. <laughs> do we have to put him on the air? I'm I mean, there's you, plenty of things he could do. I'm with you, man. Coordinate the flights. Do something else. I, I mean, you know, it's embarrassing, and I don't know. And this idea that they're the third, they're the number three. Can we dissect this for a minute? Yeah, sure. Go I mean, ahead. Can we go ahead? Can we really dissect this for a minute? Um. 100,000 people a week watch Impact Wrestling. Have 100,000 people ever watched a Game Changer show? I mean, obviously the answer is no. Um, now New Japan is back on Access TV. And they aired a match from an ancient fucking match pre-pandemic. Yeah, Jer- Jericho
2: and Omega from what, 20, 2019, 2018? Long time ago. At,
1: at 10 o'clock at night. And it drew 90,000 viewers. So when New Japan is running their regular first run content on Axis, they're going to be averaging in the same neighborhood as Impact and be doing, you know, let's say 100,000 viewers a week for their TV. Okay. Now, if you want to tell me Impact doesn't draw the crowds that Game Changer does, all right, you're right. It doesn't.
2: Absolutely true. Yeah.
1: Okay. But how about New Japan? did New Japan not draw 2,200 fans to Los Angeles for resurgence or whatever that show was yeah, called? Yeah, we, we
2: talked they... about it. Yeah, We talked about how the perception is interesting that New Japan, you know, we, everybody thinks, oh man, interest is down. And then they go, they're they going out there and selling like a lot of tickets to these shows, but it's not as much as they were selling a couple of years ago. So the perception is that they're on the way down or, you know, that there's no interest in New Japan anymore, but still largely, yeah, draw better than than, than most other promotions. Draw better than certainly most other indies. All other indies, technically.
1: Yeah, so the... um. Let me get this. Uh, let me get this exact number. So, Resurgence in LA drew two thousand two hundred and twenty-two fans. That's about the same as this Hammerstein show, right? And I'm not taking anything away from Game Changer for filling up Hammerstein.
2: I forget what. But, do, we, do we ever get an, uh, an official world? Yeah, holds about two thousand
1: fans. Yeah, it holds between. Okay. It Holds like about twenty. It's about the same. Um. So New Japan ran. Um. What was it? Uh, Battle in the Valley in San Jose and drew fifteen hundred fans. Uh, has Game Changer drawn 1,500 fans in the last year or so? I know they do for rest, for a normal WrestleMania weekend Janela show, they do. But my point here is New Japan's out here drawing four-figure crowds. Uh, Standard-issue New Japan strong shows in Philly and in, and in, and in Texas have drawn between 700 and 1,000 fans a pop. That's pretty much what they do. They just ran a show in Seattle. In the building that Defy normally runs, and uh, Brian Alvarez, who has attended both shows, said that you know Defy normally does eight nine hundred, and the New Japan show had like seven eight hundred or something like that. So uh, in Seattle, they did similar numbers that they do in Texas and Philadelphia, and for New Japan's bigger shows, they do they've been doing you know post pandemic twenty two hundred fans in L A, uh, fifteen to sixteen hundred fans in San Jose, and at worst. These are comp these are the same numbers that Game Changer is doing, and it's probably a little more. Now, you don't want to talk pre-pandemic when New Japan's putting 5,000 people in buildings, 6,600 people in the Cow Palace, uh, you know, three, four thousand people in the pyramid in you know, in that building. So, but let's leave pre-pandemic out of it. Okay, because it's a new world, and New Japan did lose a lot of momentum. But even New Japan with a loss of momentum, is drawing the, the same crowds or better. I mean, if you averaged it out, they may come out ahead. And oh, by the way, they're on TV and they're drawing 100,000 viewers a week. So where's the argument that Game Changer is ahead of New Japan and the United States? I mean, Rich, if you'd like to counter, I'm open to a counter argument.
2: No, I, I I do find it. Yeah, it's it's, and I guess we're in this weird world where I don't know what we necessarily count as a quote-unquote indie anymore. I guess anything that's not AEW and WWE is technically an indie now if, if that's... Game
0: Changer
1: is, a, is the is the biggest and most successful indie. That's what they are. And there's no shame in that. But this idea that they're number 3, I'm not sure they're number 5. I mean, New Japan what metric you want to go by? New Japan has tens of thousands of western subscribers for New Japan World and most of those are in the United States. Most of those are in the U.S. and Canada. Okay, they're on TV and they draw a hundred thousand viewers a week. I mean, Game Changer ran Hammerstein and they sold that bitch out in ten minutes, and that's great, good yeah. for them. But you know, and they do seven, eight, nine hundred fans in some of these some of these shows they run. I don't know what that showboat, the emptied out showboat, holds. I'm sure it's seven, eight, nine hundred people. But you know, New Japan is pulling the same numbers, and New Japan's considered cold, and New Japan's on TV, and New Japan has people paying ten dollars a month, tens of thousands of people, ten dollars a month to keep up with their product, and New Japan is is cold. I'm not even I, New Japan's not even hot, and there's no way that Game Changer is driving more revenue in America than New Japan is. No shot. So they're not ahead of New Japan. So number four at best, you want to have a debate about Impact, go ahead. I'll take the hundred to 120,000 people watching Impact on TV every week. Now, Impact's not getting paid for that deal because Anthem owns them. They're airing their own entity. Impact doesn't draw like Game Changer does. There's counterarguments to be had. You know, I guess we'll find out what they did on pay-per-view. I know they weren't available on DirecTV, which is 30% of the country. They weren't available on other uh, cable systems. So I don't even know if this game changer pay-per-view was available on 50% of uh, uh, the country or more or more. seems like it was less, but we'll see how many buys they did. I know impact doesn't crush it on pay-per-view, but they were setting pay-per-view records when Kenny Omega was there eight months ago. Did this show do what the Kenny Omega impact pay-per-views were doing? I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it.
2: Yeah, that'll be fascinating to see. I- I'm very, very curious when, if, and when we will get those numbers. And, uh, you know, that, that. That is going to be really, yeah, it's, it's telling. Because the only number we've seen so far is like, I think it was a fight representative saying that this is the most successful GCW show on fight. And it's like, well, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> like, I hope
1: to God it was the I most would successful. Really, game yeah, game and
2: people were show. running with that as like it being this tremendous accomplishment. And that, and that, you know, like, that, yeah, that's fine. Like you run with that article or whatever. But like, yeah, of course it should be. It's an Aristide Forever. It's your biggest show. Like, so I, that that doesn't do anything for me. I, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that metric is. You know what I mean? So I'm curious what that pay per view does. Because to me, that that's. That is kind of your new fan base in a lot of ways. That well the, is the thing new about it is we out. know
1: it didn't it, it didn't do a lot because it wasn't on half the systems. Right. I mean DirecTV is a huge chunk. It's like 30 percent of households. Did you have it on your cable I did, system? I you did. did, right? Yeah, I did. Um you know, I there were, you know, we talked to other people who didn't have it on their cable system either. So I you know, it's possible it wasn't even available in 50 percent of the country, which I don't know what happened with that. I mean, but um I'm not – they're not – you know, this idea that they're just number three. Based on what? Based on what? I mean, there was just an indie show. There was an indie show last weekend with the Rock and Roll Express and, and FTR that drew 2,000 fans. I, I mean, you know, it's and, – and again, people are going to take this as me shitting on them, but I, I, I hear these narratives. Oh, they're number three. Oh, but I, I mean, are they really even – Lapping the rest of the indie landscape, I mean, they're clearly the number one indie. I mean, PWG is going to put eight, nine hundred people in that building every time they run. That never changes. They sell out in five minutes. You know, so, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, uh, I think the extent that this promotion is over is greatly exaggerated. Um, I wouldn't be stunned if the pay per view didn't do particularly well just based on the fact it's not on a lot of systems. Um, You know, if you go to a game changer show and survey everybody there and ask them if they know what impact wrestling is, I would wager that 99 to hundred percent of those people would know what impact wrestling is. If you go to an impact show and survey the 500 people at an impact show and ask them if they know what game changer wrestling is, you think a hundred percent of them know? Yeah, probably not. I don't Might get you know, maybe half the place. So, I mean, I, I think we need to pump the brakes on on how big this promotion is. It's a nice little indie. And they're doing a good job, you know, as an indie. And Joey Janela's Spring Break will sell however many tickets they're allowed to sell WrestleMania weekend. There's no doubt about that. Some of those ancillary shows, you know, it, it'll vary depending on the, the the time of day and what day of the week it is. Some of them will have 100 people there. Some of them will have 500 people there. And away we go. I don't think they created... I think they created a statistically insignificant number of new fans with this show they put on this weekend because it wasn't good. And here's the thing. This was their typical show. They don't rise above this. I mean, I like I said at the top, I don't even think this was a particularly bad game-changer show. I've seen way worse than this.
2: For sure. Yeah, there was some stuff I actually liked on the show. <laughs> there, there was. Some, there were a couple of, yeah, matches there's, I liked. There were a few so, things I enjoyed, yeah.
1: Now that I have destroyed Rich's DMs for the week. Uh, I don't check I guess, them
2: anyway. I don't check them anyway.
1: I guess we can review the this, this show itself. Rich, I have a question for you. Did you watch the pre-show? I
2: did. I did watch the pre-show.
1: Well, you couldn't have strapped me to a chair to watch one <laughs> well, to watch I, one more match than I had to on this. Okay, so you're gonna okay. have to. Carry By the way,
2: we've been 45 minutes, so let, let, we'll make the review go kind of. I want to get to the other stuff on the show because this is
1: so uh, a long 20 segment. man battle royal. Yeah, it's anything tough. I should no, know about? It this? was
2: awful. It was awful. Production was a mess. Uh, it, it a complete disaster. A lot of really, really terrible <laughs> wrestling. Um, no, the the battle royal was 16 minutes that you will never, ever, ever, ever need to watch in your life. Complete waste of time. You know, if I were going
1: to book Psycho Clown and Thunder Rosa... Psycho
2: Clown!
1: I would certainly... I would certainly oh. put those people on a pre-show battle royal oh, that nobody's going to watch. Clown. He That's got eliminated
2: I mean. and nobody even noticed. And they just went, Psycho Clown has been eliminated. <laughs> and I'm, just, yeah. I'm like, oh shit, Psycho Clown's out. I was like, Psycho Clown has been eliminated. And I'm like, oh my god, I didn't know I he was mean, out because they're cutting to Hoodfoot or something like that coming out. Or Charles Mason or whatever coming out to the ring. It was like very, very sh- There was a lot of stuff going on. It was Insanity. There was new people coming out every second. There was noise. There was things. There was camera cuts. It was a disaster. But uh, yeah, not the best way to use Thunder Roser or Psycho Clown uh, and Big Vin, who was the son of 911, won the, uh, All the match. Right. So, and uh, uh, it, I did see on Twitter people saying, "What a great moment for 911, who had many great memories in Hammerstein Ballroom." I looked it up. He never once wrestled in Hammerstein Ballroom. So,
1: no he wouldn't have worked Hammerstein. No, well, I, been... people don't know that though. So.
2: You're like, oh, that's a good little. The, the reason you give it to Big Vin is because it's a nod to 911, who you know wrestled in ECW, and they were always in Hammerstein. He, he can was... I
1: can I address that for a minute?
2: No, because it's gonna take twenty fucking minutes. No.
1: Can we stop comparing Ugh. this place to ECW? They can print up all of the uh, fucking ECW cosplay shirts that they want. Okay anybody who thinks game changer wrestling bears any resemblance to ECW does not understand what ECW was or the influence that it had Game changer wrestling has zero influence on the greater pro wrestling landscape None ECW changed the changed the business in America okay uh it it, it just when people say this is the modern ECW you have to be under 25 years old and not understand what ECW was. There is a famous quote, Rich, and yeah, I'm pulling out Lloyd Benson on this show. That's (laughs) what I'm doing. Lloyd
2: Benson, all right. You know
1: who Lloyd Benson is, Rich. You know who Lloyd Benson is. I'm going to tell the listeners who Lloyd Benson is. Lloyd Benson ran for vice president in 1988. (laughs) Okay? And Lloyd Benson, in a famous debate moment, with village idiot Dan Quayle, do you remember the Dan Quayle? Yes, race? yeah. He
2: well, he was on. Who who was Benson with? Was he with Dukakis? Or am I yes. mixing it up? Okay, yes, yes, yeah. Famous, noted, very noted idiot Dan Quayle, who who historic idiot Dan Quayle. Remember when like misspelling something was like, "Well, this man is no longer fit to be leading the nation." Yes, that is a long time in the, the way past. Of times change, <laughs> man. Uh, like, wow, this guy doesn't know how to spell things completely accurately. He cannot in lead our nation. To yeah, Dan Quayle. <laughs> yeah.
1: He'd be like the best presidential candidate today.
2: (laughs) I know, that's what I mean. Because now people Um, are like, I don't know, The Rock's all right. I'm like, no, we don't
1: need need The Rock as our president. So Dan Quayle and Lloyd Benson at the vice presidential debate in 1988, Dan Quayle kept comparing himself to John F. Kennedy in terms of experience. Because Dan Quayle was a young guy. And he kept saying, you know, people keep talking about my youth, but I have the same amount of experience that John F. Kennedy did when he did this and he did that. And finally, Lloyd Benson, who was looking very <laughs> it's an aggrieved. All time
2: great quote, by the way, that you're going to say here.
1: Very aggrieved, and he's getting frustrated. And he says, uh, Senator, I knew Jack Kennedy. Jack Kennedy was a friend of mine. And, Senator, you're no Jack Kennedy. Two massive applause in the building. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. mean, this was a quote tweet dunk before they existed by Lloyd Benson. Okay, and Quayle could not come back. Oh, it
2: was that. a big blow to Quayle. Yeah, he got he got it, rocked.
1: Com- totally embarrassing. He couldn't save face. Okay, and that reminds me of this game changer ECW comparison that I always hear. Okay, game changer wrestling. You are no ECW. It's comical for comparisons. Not on any level. You are a cheap dollar store. Cosplay ECW at best. I'm not even sure you're CZW. You're out here comparing yourself to ECW. Bad enough when fans do it, but fans are fans. You're printing up t shirts. GC fucking W? Please. Please. You're no ECW. Not even close. You may continue.
2: Alright, so that twenty uh, minute battle royal, nothing worth watching whatsoever. Uh the the scramble, yes Joe, there was a pre-show scramble here. Grim Reefer, Alex Zane, Dante Leone, Jack Hartwell, Ninja Mac, and Shane Mercer. I will say, I will say, I know you're a Grim Reefer fan, right, Joe? I Fan might Reafer. be strong. <laughs> Maybe not fan. I enjoy
1: the Grim Reefer for what he is, yes.
2: I would watch this match, because the Grim Reefer goes out there and it's clear that like he doesn't you know he's not quite what he used to be, but he says he clearly goes out there and tells the guys, "Do whatever you want. Just I'm not going to do anything. Just beat me the fuck up. Go nuts. Go crazy." And Shane Mercer goes, "Okay, I can do that." And Shane Mercer tosses this guy around and destroys him. So they did a lot of really interesting and fun things. It was a GCW scramble match, but honestly, this if if I was going to put my foot forward and say, "Hey, what is what makes GCW? What makes me?" different or what makes me stand out or whatever i'm not a fan of these scramble matches we've we've made that very clear on these shows this yeah. i would have definitely put on the the main show because i think this did show here's what we do a little bit different than anybody else yes it's kind of chaotic yes it's kind of weird but it showed a lot of different personalities uh you know it showed a shane mercer it showed a jack Hartwell. it showed a grim reefer it showed a ninja max so i think there was enough stuff in there that i think was interesting cool. i would have put this on the main show not a match that i think you have to go out of your way to check out but i think if you've if you if you enjoy yourself the Grim Reefer, I think you should probably check this one out. Because he uh, he worked his ass off in here, and he got the win. He got the surprise win as well after getting just destroyed for most of the match.
1: Oh, can I also bring this up too? Great. Yeah, sure. <laughs> no, I'm going to defend them here. Okay. I don't know who the dork was who snitched on Nick Wayne, but you got to have something better to do. I mean, I don't know what rival promoter or um, jealous fucking spurned lover. I don't know... Who called the New York State Athletic Commission to alert them that underage Nick Wayne was working the show? But seriously, you have to have something right. better please, to
2: do. With please, please do something more productive. Use that phone I mean, call to to do anything else in this world.
1: This is a 16 year old kid who, you know, didn't do nothing to nobody. He's in some fucking match or whatever, and you gotta ruin that kid's night. A kid who, by all accounts, everybody loves him. Okay. Let's leave out the miners working shows component for a second. Everyone knows how I feel about that. That's not what this is about right now, okay? What this is about is someone took the time to snitch on this promotion, and 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 all you did was get this. You didn't ruin this show. At the end of the day, it didn't matter that Nick that, that whether Nick Wayne was on this show. No, or not.
2: and nobody in attendance, not that many. No like, one cared. Yeah, nobody. Okay. Ultimately, nobody cared. The only person it affected was Nick Wayne.
1: Was Nick? Was Nick Wayne? Right. So congratulations. You ruined this kid's night. Okay. And at the end of the day, big picture, it did not matter that he didn't work the show. You did no damage to Game Changer, which even then finds something better to do. I mean, geez. Can we grow up, please? You know, I, I doubt, it's, I don't it's know. It's wrestling,
2: it. man. It's, you're asking a lot to have wrestling grow up. It's never, you know, especially indie wrestling. I, that's,
1: I what a joke that was. Yeah, that was pretty ridiculous. All right, so I saw the rest of this, so we can.
2: Yeah, let's do that. So we'll go, the show starts uh, here. You have a grab the brass ring ladder match: AJ Gray, Alice Colon, G Raver, Jimmy Lloyd, Jordan Oliver, PCO, and Tony Deppen. Went 16 minutes and 47 seconds. Maybe could have lopped off a few minutes out of this match and given it to that main event. Well, again, we keep saying that, but I really didn't want the main event to go any more than <laughs> the six minutes it went. But uh, yeah, I thought this was, you know, this this to me what we talk about like chaotic and and whatnot. I think what what I saw in that pre-show match, the chaos of that pre-show match, I think I like a little bit more than the chaos I saw in this match. Because it was sloppy chaos. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know the right way yeah. to... If people, if you watch the match, you know what I mean. It's like guys doing stuff that's way out of their league. Guys doing stuff oh, that they yeah, can't yeah. really do. And, like, yeah. Yeah. that yeah. wasn't the... case. I mean, Alexander can fly. Dante Leon is a decent flyer. Jack Cartwheel, uh, Cartwheel can, can fly and do some really cool stuff. Ninja Mac, sloppy at times, but can still do some stuff. Shane Mercer rocks. Like, all those guys were really... This match was a lot of people that were kind of out of their element doing things that they probably shouldn't have done. And the result, I mean, the end result was me. Ma- I mean, AJ Gray looked like he literally like either dislocated his shoulder or like destroyed his elbow. Luckily, I think he was okay uh, afterwards, but he's trying to jump off like this giant ladder and, and do this dive and he falls. And it's just, it, this was an embarrassing way to start the show up, just because I think a lot of guys were just not in the right element and just, it, it kind of exposed a lot of these wrestlers. I thought.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Um I, I'm kind of over these kinds of matches, so it's tricky, and I can't compare it to the pre-show. I know that people like Jordan Oliver were all jacked up about working this show, and he was excited, and he's talking about getting new gear, and I mean, good for these people who really uh, saw this as a big moment or whatever. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, it was a, to me, it was just a standard issue, typical ladder match that you see anywhere, and I'm just over this kind of match. So I don't, I don't have anything else to add.
2: Uh, then you had the Team Gringo. It was a res. Uh, Demonic Flamita, Gringo Loco versus Bandito. A- uh, Team Bandito, ASF, Bandito, and Laredo Kid. I thought this was really, really fun. I like this. Um, yeah, this to me is a, a, one of those matches that I do think that if you were watching for the first time ever, and maybe you weren't aware of... of you know what, Lucha guys can do, or what, you know, what these guys are capable of, or you hadn't seen a res before, you've never seen Bandito before, you never saw Laredo Kid before. I think you would come away saying, Wow, these guys are pretty damn awesome. They do some incredible, incredible stuff. It did stink that the finish got kind of screwed up, but uh, in the building, it was super over. And I, I, I like this. I thought when I saw this, I was like, Okay, this now we're, this is a big time show here. This is a big time thing here that you realize that we're going to put our best foot forward uh, and we're going to put on a match like this. These guys worked it like they thought it was a big deal. And uh, yeah, I was thinking, okay. This, this is what we need more of. This shows me that if I'm the first person, if this is my first time watching this, this is something to give my time to. So I, I really like this match. What did you think?
1: Um, it was good. ASF is considered a big time prospect. I saw him on a show down here.
2: How young is ASF?
1: I don't know how old he. is. I was trying to figure
2: that out too. It's very yeah. obviously very difficult always, you know, to, to find lucha ages. So I was struggling with that because I, I couldn't find exactly what the age is. So I don't know if anybody knows off the top of their head or. or
1: the promoters down here love him. Uh, he gets booked everywhere and he's considered a big time prospect. So I'm just saying that he, he is uh, he's got the right connections now and, and the proper networking. And this is a guy that you could be seeing everywhere very soon. ACF. yeah, ASF. Um, And of course, everybody else in this match, everybody should be intimately familiar with, you know, Laredo kids, one of the best, uh, flyers and best lucha style wrestlers in the world, Bandito, everybody knows. Gringo Loco, I mean, is always a great glue guy to have in these matches. Um I don't know what's going on with Flamita, but I don't like it. And uh, <laughs> he's uh And a res is obviously awesome.
2: Yeah so. res rules. Yeah I don't yeah Flamita's I don't know what yeah I don't know what's going on with the body or the yeah. or whatever but uh it's good though. It's good yeah match. yeah, yeah. Good, good stuff. But uh all right. Then you have Blake Christian and Leo Rush. Now this was in meant to initially be uh, Jonathan Gresham and Blake Christian for the ROH title. Uh, Gresham, for whatever reason, I forget if they actually officially said was was not able to get there, uh, so they took Leo Rush out of the ladder match, put him in this match with Blake Christian. These guys have had many matches together. I think three or four. At the end of last year, into the uh, or or into at the end of 2020 into 2021, I forget exactly what their their series was up to. It was was either three or four. I forget exactly. They had a they had
1: a long feud before Blake Christian signed with W. Yeah, 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 yeah. and it was terrible, by the
2: way. Yeah, I hated most of those matches. We talked about some of those. Uh, Black heart deal with yeah, no heart versus black heart and stuff. Yeah, that was. They had um, to put each other through all heart versus no heart or whatever. Yeah, black heart. Yeah, it was kind of stupid. They had the
1: one match where they had to put each other through specific colored doors, and the referee (laughs) kept screwing up. Match the doors match. It, I think it was on the um the 24 hour gimmick. Yes, that show. the doors and it was match. Terrible, terrible God match.
2: How about the doors match? The colored doors match. Oh man. But
1: this this match I thought was the best match on the show. Absolutely. I really
2: liked it. Yeah, I I like I like this a lot. This was 12 minutes. Both professional wrestlers. You know, what I mean, two pros go out there and they just work their ass off. And I got to give it up to them. I thought this was really really good. And 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 I appreciate the effort that both guys put forward. I was a little worried that they were going to go, you know, 30 or whatever, but it, it, it basically lumped right into a 12-minute match and a real nice compact match. And Blake Christian has obviously refined some things over the last year. Uh, Leo Rush is, is great, and he was great here again. So, yeah, this was, this was really good.
1: Yeah, and to me, this is where the show went completely downhill.
2: Well, so the show went downhill for me about halfway through this next match was Matt Cardona yeah. and Joy Janela. They come out and it's a great feud. They have a great video package telling you all about the uh, Cardona and Janela feud. It's been a very cool feud. Cardona, we, we put
1: we put this over last week for the build.
2: Yes, yeah. Cardona's been tremendous in GCW. The stuff with uh, Gage was awesome. Everything that Cardona's done has been great. He comes out, he gets booed like absolute crazy. His parents, well, how about how
1: about the how about the Sandman dictees?
2: Yeah, it's great.
1: That's tremendous.
2: Gets it. Just uh, gets it. Yeah. All the way gets it. And then, you know, he talks about, hey, you can't boo me. My parents or it's just old school heel shit. You know what I mean? Like this is the classic, like people call it lazy heel stuff or baby's first heel, but that's fucking great heel stuff. Yeah, it is. You know, Matt Cardona going, hey, you can't boo me. My parents are here. Then everybody goes, boo! You know, even more boos. It's like, yes, it's the... And people, they're dorks that get mad about that. It's the it's the same thing as, you know, MJF does it every single week where he says, hey, I'm trying to talk. You know, be quiet while I'm trying to talk. Like, it's... it's yeah. Every heel for the last 60 years, have done the exact same thing, and it always works because it's just how you're supposed to do it. So, yeah, Cardona comes out there, cuts that great promo before, and then halfway through this match, they are having what I thought was a really good match, too, because it's it's Cardona, who's a a professional wrestler and Joey Janela, who I think is solid as hell. And so these guys are out there just having a solid as hell wrestling match. And I'm thinking, all right, here we go. And then, like you said, then it was one thing after another of an overbooked disaster of, I know the plan that they were trying to do. I get what they were trying to do here. They were trying to do WWE versus AEW.
1: Uh, Well, what they were also trying to do was again, they're trying to be ECW with all these guys running in, and it's supposed to be... this supposed to be like a Heyman special. Right. But, but again, that's not Jack Kennedy booking this.
2: Okay? Right. That's
1: going yeah. back to my other point. You don't have Paul Heyman back there. So, anyway.
2: Yeah, and then it became just a, a, a parade of people that you're like, why do I give a shit? You know, you have... Sam Stackhouse come out to defend Joey Janela and then you have Hornswoggle come out he's beating up Joey Janelle and he's on Cardona's side and then you have Vincent come out in a Vince McMahon mask and no chance in hell and he's not even fit enough to get down to the ring he just turns to the back or whatever I don't even know what that was and then you have Sam Stackhouse and Hornswoggle fighting and I'm like what are we doing come out it was Cardona versus Janelle. you spent six months building up Cardona. Let's just do that. And then they did 10 other things and a 15 other guys run in and yada, yada, yada. And then finally, which I would have just lopped off all that stuff before and just yep. had Brian Myers come out. Cause then all of a sudden this guy in a hood comes out. I think it was a, a like a, a, a bike helmet or something like that. It's, comes it's out. Like
1: the, it was like the, the, the Moxley Cardona, costume that they used for their their other yeah right all
2: right 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 yeah it was a reference to that and so like yeah, yeah so what happens is is it's Brian Myers and he spears Janela through a yeah. table and people go whoa my god and it's like it's cool it's a cool little spot and then X-Pac <laughs> Sean Waltman comes out and yeah. to be fair like he has had some stuff with Janela over the years they've they're, they're they're at least friends or they've you know come into contact time you know for, uh, occasionally here and there so I didn't hate that all that much but it's you know it's Sean Waltman kind of helping out his friend Joey Janella or whatever. You kind of wonder, ooh, is he going to turn? Is he going to go on the WWE side? And ultimately, he doesn't. But, it's okay, you finally end with Matt Cardona defeating Joey Janela, and it's like, man, you, you did a lot of stuff just to get to, like, Matt Cardona beats Joey Janela. I I, I would have just had Brian Myers come out, spear Joey Janella, and then you have a whole other month of feuds there, right? Did I need Hornswogel? Did I need Sam Stackhouse? Did I need Marco's stunt? Did I need X-Pac? Did I need Vincent? No. Didn't
1: need any of it.
2: I just need. I mean, the Brian Myers thing was cool. I thought that was good. And then I don't know what else, anything else.
1: It's an overbooked mess. Yeah. That's all. It's just a big overbooked mess. And this is the one. Like Cardona beating Janela was the one outcome you could live with. With when with all the home guys, with all the home team losing. Because Cardona's basically home team now anyway.
2: Yeah. Oh, and, and and you can buy like I said. Like that's why I would have done the Brian Myers thing because now you can buy that. Okay, now Janela's got a feud with Brian Myers, and and eventually he'll get at you. You know. Um, he'll get at Cardona again. Like, you can build it up. And if you have Cardona who says, hey, I'm, I'm in for it and I'm staying, you can get another six months out of Cardona. You know what I mean? You can get a, a lot more out of him. So I was totally fine with him winning. That's not a problem for me. That's not a problem right. whatsoever for me.
1: Sir, so tell us the chat room they were trying to replicate the, the edge coming out at one-night stand. That makes sense.
2: Oh, me. that's right. Okay, okay, yeah.
1: So, again, more trying to be ECW.
2: At least it was the same uh, building. (laughs) At least we can give them that.
1: Yeah, it was a one night ECW one night stand, same building. So, um, you know, but but yeah, just an overbooked mess, you know. And from there, the show just went straight downhill.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was pretty bad. I didn't like
1: anything else on the show. No,
2: (laughs) I think that's that's pretty safe to say. I'm with you as well. Uh, Ruby Solo and Alley Catch go out. It is. We talked about it last week. It's it's rough. I mean. You have this I, video listen. you have this video play before, which is a good video. I will give him credit to this. This video about Ali yeah. Kesh saying, Look, nobody believes I can do it. I, I don't look yeah. the right way. I don't act the right way. I'm never gonna be anything. I'm you know, I'm stuck being, you know, this or whatever. And you're like, oh, All right. right, there we go. You know what? But hey, the narrative makes you know what I mean? That's a good story yeah. to tell. Yeah. And then she goes out there and like doesn't look good in the wrestling match and then loses to Ruby Soho and you're like everything that these people said about you was right. Like, you know what I mean? Like I hate to say it that way, but like that's the way it was presented. Like you don't have that video play and then have her lose. Or you have that video play and then she goes out there and has like the match of her life and then just loses.
1: I agree. And I mean I don't know. Let's just I don't know. Let's just move on. Yeah, we'll move on. The thing about it is she isn't any good, and there's no point just constantly picking on this person. And I think Ruby Soho is is vastly overrated, and the match just wasn't any good. I don't yeah, these know. were two but,
2: people that I think you, you know, in the right situation, could probably have a good match, but it's probably not with each other. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that. Yeah, it, it's it's just yeah, the the it was very in very. What strange.
1: situation is the ally cat having a good match?
2: Well, yeah, not many, but
1: I mean, you know, um. Good point. I don't know. I, All right. wasn't any good
2: All right let's move on, <laughs> right, let's move on to uh, uh, Jeff Jarrett and Effie um, Again, a nice good promo package, a nice decent build between these two and then you know they have their match and Jeff Jarrett just Jeff Jarrett just beat him I mean him <laughs> he hit him with a, a, a guitar and hit him with the stroke and it was over.:
1: Yeah, I thought I mean Jeff Jarrett to me looked like one of the better wrestlers on the show. I mean he looked pretty good.
2: You're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, honestly, as much as I don't want to say, you're not wrong. That is, that is definitely part of it. He, uh, Yeah. I, <laughs> it's, hey, he looks fine. He looked fine. But, yeah, I don't know. That's, I'm very curious on this finish because I, I, I can't make sense of this finish. I can make sense of the Cardona finish. I guess I can kind of make sense of the Ruby Soho finish. Not really. Um, I can make no sense of this unless well, you're yeah, definitely bringing it back.
1: We're Not privy to any politics, I don't know. Um, you know, I mean, I've seen this effie act before, you know, getting turned on by being choked and you know, that kind of stuff. And the, and the crowd pops for that. And um, I don't know, it's uh, Jarrett looked okay, and I guess the match was all right. I it did nothing, I don't know, it didn't, yeah, do, it anything. didn't, it
2: didn't do much, for me. Know, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of curious, did you see uh, did you see Brett's tweet about like I've made some bad decisions and I, you know. <laughs>
1: Yeah, people want us to address that, but the thing is, Rich, I I mean, do you know anything? Because I don't. No, no clue. I don't know anything. I will just assume that
2: it's directly related to Jeff Jarrett because it seems like that's always something that Jeff Jarrett's related to. But I'm not – again, it would be me just blindly guessing. I have no fucking clue what he's talking about. I have poked
1: around and – I mean I've had a couple conversations with some people, but nothing that – nothing I feel – Strong enough about like going on the air with I don't yeah, know no, I don't no, I don't no. know what he's talking yeah, about no case, I mean so. you know obviously it's their first time running pay per view and and um, you know maybe they were blindsided by some costs I had someone talk to me about that uh, maybe they were blindsided by some politics I don't know but. What's interesting to me about that tweet and some of the other tweets I'm seeing is they come off a little defensive. The tweets are coming off a little defensive. Yeah,
2: we should read this one here real quick. It was Sunday was a smash hit business-wise for GCW. All records shattered and it's not even close, but I'm not happy at all. Feel like I let a lot of people down. Got played and I should have known better. Big time learning experience. Going to work harder than ever to get a second chance.
1: Yeah, and obviously they did break. Look, that's their biggest crowd ever. Although, you know, the, the 2200 or whatever, I was... I don't know the exact number in Hammerstein, but I bet some of those spring breaks were pretty close to that. Is he not counting those? I've been in spring break crowds that definitely had 2,000 people in them.
2: Yes. Yeah, in I them don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know if that, they're counting that.
1: And I'm sure they had their biggest gate. I mean, I don't think he's making anything up. No, no, no. But the rest of it is very cryptic. And there's a lot of other tweets coming out of the GCW camp, which come off to me very defensive. Um, look, you don't have to... Ch- like stop trying to convince me it was a great show. Because if I thought it was a great show, I don't need to be convinced. And if I didn't like the show, your tweets aren't going to convince me it was a great show. And I just feel like for like 72 hours after the show, we kept getting these tweets about how great the show was from people inside GCW. And it's like, it came off very defensive. It came off very, um what's the other word I'm looking for? Uh Insecure almost. Like Stop trying to tell me how great the show was. We all saw it and we all, we've all already formed an opinion on it. And then there's this weird tweet saying that, you know, I got to learn from this. I got to take advantage of, so I'm sure stuff will come out over the next week or so. Um, you know, (laughs) we're probably not going to hear their side after this show, but we'll probably hear somebody's side of, 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 uh, of what the hell he's talking about. And, um, I don't know, but people wanted us to address it, but I can't. I don't, I don't know. It. I don't... Yeah, it'd be
2: blind. It'd just be blind speculation by me. and I don't like doing that. So. And I don't want
1: to do that. I mean, that's not fair. I mean, I've I've been hard enough. I'm not going <laughs> to. Right, you don't need to do that. I mean, <laughs> right, right, yeah, right, right, right. I'm not going to do that. That's not fair.
2: Uh, let, let's wrap up these final two real quick. Uh, here because This is run very, very long here. GCW world title match. Moxley versus Homicide. Uh, Moxley comes out. Obviously, gets a hero's welcome, but uh, match. Itself, so what would you think of this? I thought it was boring as hell.
1: Yeah, it did. It, this was well, just a match. Oh, okay, to me, I right? wanted
2: to. I, I did think it was okay. I thought the wrestling itself was good. Like I thought, in a vacuum, the wrestling itself was good. The crowd didn't care. Once the bell yeah. rang, the crowd didn't care anymore. And these guys went out there and they had just a, a very solid professional wrestling match but that's not what these fans wanted that's not what anybody really expected and the crowd was 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 either buzzing for what the main event was going to be or just kind of dead at this point in the show because it really suffered from a crowd that just did not care about either guy and I think that that kind of hurt me my enjoyment uh, a little bit as well
1: yeah I don't know I thought it just it was just a match little two and a half three star match um I, I think homicides kind of washed up at this point. I mean, I was never a big fan of homicide to begin with, but, and he's had health, you know, that shoulder's always been a problem for him. And he's, um, you know, he's not super young anymore. And I don't, know, I just didn't, didn't do anything for me. And I didn't think it was anything special. And I was really banking on this match. Here's the problem with this match by putting it on before the main event, it tipped off that gauge was there because, and I
2: think the fans were kind of like, all right, get out of the ring. Let's just get gauge going.
1: Let's get to gauge. Yeah. And it could, because, you weren't gonna do the, the show in this order if Gage wasn't one of the mystery guys. So that kind of like as soon as this they did this match, I'm sure you were thinking the same thing. I was like, Oh, Nick Gage is in
2: the Yeah, I was, well, I I was just thinking if it's not Nick Gage, there's gonna be a riot here. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like you if it's yeah. STR comes out, I'm like, oh no, that's not gonna work, guys. Like
1: Well when they announced Matt Traymont, when Matt when Tramont came out, and then I'm thinking to myself, what you just said. If this isn't Nick Gage, it doesn't matter who it just is. This place is up for grabs. Yeah, <laughs> they're going to tear this building down from you know you know uh, brick by brick. So you know this is this is going to be Rey Mysterio being number thirty in the Royal Rumble times a thousand. I mean, people are just going to totally reject no matter who comes out from behind that curtain. So um, it had to be Gage. It was Gage. By the time they did all the entrances and 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 the you know they had six minutes left with the hard out at eleven. So they wrestled for like four or five minutes and then, because then Gage had to have some mic time and then he spoke for like 30, 30 to 60 seconds at the tail end and they, they managed to squeeze it all in. The finish was botched. Um, the match was terrible. There's nothing the Briscoes can do with two guys like this. There's just, you can't save it. Um, especially Gage, who's just completely done. He has... Yeah, zero- that,
2: that Achilles injury it's a uh, problem. two years ago. That's, I mean, that Achilles injuries are tough for like pro you know what i mean like top level well, pro he, well, athlete. This,
1: yeah type. he wasn't exactly a prime athlete to begin <laughs>
2: right with. right I so mean, i mean that's you know. that's a big time injury and and you know he did come back and, and in some cases people thought he came back even a little bit too early and maybe we're seeing the the result of that is you know maybe some tremendous pain or just the achilles not healed fully right because like yeah he can't he can't move he can't walk he can't really do anything. so it's um it's rough, yeah. He's he's a guy that I don't think I would feel comfortable putting in the ring anymore, and that's that's gonna be a big thing for 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 GCW. They're gonna have to figure out how to kind of navigate that uh, in a post Gage world. We've talked about that before on the show. Is like, you know, he's one of the big guys, one of the tentpole guys of that company, and now you're you're really gonna have to start thinking, okay, what's the next step without Nick Gage? Um, because yeah, I don't know if that's gonna happen much longer.
1: I mean, if Cardona moves on or the gimmick wears out, it's welcome, and and then you know, Gage is. Can't really do anything physically. I mean, what do you you know, and Moxley's not gonna fucking keep doing this shit for or maybe he will. I don't know. Yeah, he, might. It's like, <laughs> Honestly, he might. What do you where do you do? Where do you go? I mean, you just beat everybody on this show. And, you know, it's like, I don't know. I I I don't think I would not. I've been following the stuff a long time, analyzing it for a long time, and I understood their growth to this point. We've talked about it a million times. I don't see how they grow from here. Not off of this show. Not with the trajectory I see. Not with the booking. It's such a horribly booked promotion. I mean, it's just horrendously booked. Um, I don't see them attempting to make any new stars. And when the when the party's over and the novelty of all this wears off, like, then what? Then what happens? So I don't see this as, you know, this wouldn't be a stock I would buy. Not at this point. The time to buy this stock was like 2017. Now's the time to sell it. Like if you're comparing this to a stock, you're selling it right now. Hammerstein happens, you sell the fucking stock. That's how I would sum all of this up for this game changer thing. I think they really showed ass and got exposed to a lot of people with this show. Um, and, And again, me and you aren't surprised. This went about as well as I thought it would. I mean, I, you know, I, it's, I don't know. But I mean, it's I, I did,
2: I, I will say I was surprised. I thought there'd be a little bit more conquering hero stuff. And I guess you had the, the, yeah. the, the Nick Gage stuff, but it also kind of flies in the face. They ran I ran mean, out he, of time. But he also cut a promo like two days ago saying, like, fuck, you know, GCW management. And I'm not going to be at Hammerstein because of them or whatever. So I guess the story would be that they called him to come and, and save the day type of thing.
1: But I guess it would also be either. They were more concerned with the pop than squeezing out a few extra pay per view buys, yeah. or the deal legitimately came together very late. Well,
2: I just mean like I know that they wanted that story with him in the main event, but I yeah. still would have had yeah. more of my people beat the oh, outsiders for sure. when the whole story of the show is that we're you know the 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 we're the pieces that nobody wants. We're the you know the the forgotten people. Where we've been let go and made fun of, and this thing won't last, and this isn't going to worth anything. And then like. Jeff Jarrett and Kurt Necker don't just beat you. You know what I mean? Like it's it's kind of
1: yeah. And well, will just
2: come in and beat you. Yeah,
1: we're working under the assumption that the idea was all right. Everybody lost. We're down and out. Gage saves the day. That might not even have been the idea. Yeah, who knows? I don't. Yeah,
2: yeah. That's just kind of what I meant.
1: Because follow. this promotion's so sloppily booked on a regular basis <clears> that you can't. <throat> I'm just assuming because I, I don't know. I'm just trying to make sense of the booking here. Um. But again, stuff like booking and match quality has never mattered for this place. It's just such a weird anomaly and a weird uh, space that it holds that it's almost impossible to analyze from that aspect. But what I do know is they're not really doing a very good job creating new stars. And if there is beef with Nick Gage and he could walk at any minute, listen, I'll tell you something I was told. I heard there were rumblings that at, at one point during this, mystery hiatus or whatever that gauge was talking about starting his own thing i mean so the relationship somewhere and for that would worry
2: me that, a lot because he's a god <laughs> you know what i mean to that to those fans he's a god so yeah i mean i think if he had the right guy with him and and, and another guy kind of guiding him i think that could or someone else's money for sure i i think that could definitely put a dent in things
1: yeah and you know and that unless this is a super elaborate work cuz i know someone inside the indie business very you know very inside who said as late as 2 days before the show he was hearing that gage was thinking about starting his own thing so i don't know when this deal came together i don't know if this is a super elaborate work all i know is he was gone for a long time nobody would say anything no one, a lot of people didn't even really notice because the promotion so poorly booked that it took people a long time to figure out that Gage wasn't around. And then um you know, and they were drawing anyway. Maybe they don't need Gage. I mean, they were drawn without him, right? right. I mean, right. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I it's it's so I don't know again. I don't know if something came together super late to get him on this show or if it it or if they had a backup plan or not. Um but if there is friction there and there's the possibility that there is going to be a split moving forward yeah I, I mean i i don't know but um that was uh that was the fucking show I, I mean i from my standpoint i can go back to just not paying attention to game changer until they have another major show i mean I think feel like we have to cover the major ones. I feel yeah, like
2: I, I think that's to, what we should do. I,
1: I'm not, to WrestleMania weekend. I'm really not
2: interested in talking about them ever again, to be
1: honest. So, um, I mean, but it, it, there's
2: a lot of know. other wrestling going on in the world. But yeah, we'll, we'll, I guess Mania weekend we'll have to talk about them. And then I guess if they do any other shows. But I would, I would prefer to just not talk about them anymore.
1: I mean, everything so. they've announced since looks terrible. I you know, But again, it's, it was never for us. I don't know if it was never for us. But it yeah, became, there was a
2: time where I, I enjoyed some of the stuff.
1: It became clear after a while that this wasn't, you know. But um, we'll see. I have a feeling we've reached the pinnacle. I don't, you know, I could be wrong. I'll, I'll, I'll eat crow if I'm wrong. You know, if they're running Madison Square Garden in two years, you know, I guess I have to come on here. And yeah, take we'll, it we'll, out. we'll bring this audio, but, uh, or we'll just
2: ignore it. Yeah.
1: But we'll see. I know Rich desperately wants to move on. I'm just
2: so, so fucking sick of talking about GCW. <laughs> like
1: it's just, I don't care.
2: Yeah. I don't care. I really, truly don't care. They stink. Yeah. You hate it. I hate it. I do you want to
1: do that. an ad read, or you want me to do these uh, dynamite quarter hours?
2: Real no, quick? Let, let me do. Let's do an ad read real quick, and then we'll, right, then we'll ahead. do the quarter hour. So let's talk about HelloFresh. Yes, HelloFresh, a new sponsor here on the flagship podcast. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that is why HelloFresh is America's number one. Meal Kit. The New Year is a great time to focus on what's most important to you, whether it's saving money by ordering less takeout, learning to cook, or prioritizing your wellness. HelloFresh is here to help you with the endless options to make cooking at home simple and enjoyable. HelloFresh cuts back on time spent in the kitchen so you can spend time on your other New Year's resolutions with meals ready in about 30 minutes or less, plus quick and easy meals including 20-minute recipes, low prep, easy cleanup options, and provide an even faster route to putting food On Your table so you can get HelloFresh here 16 free meals Joe you go to HelloFresh.com slash VOW16 and use the promo code VOW16 so you got to do two things there you go to HelloFresh.com slash VOW16 and then also use the promo code VOW16 and you're going to get 16 free meals and three free gifts 16 free meals and three free gifts 16 HelloFresh.com slash VOW16 and use that promo code VOW16 Get 16 free meals plus three free gifts. HelloFresh, America's number one deal kits. All right, what do you got for quarter hours here?
1: All right, we got the breaking news with these quarter hours. This happens like every Thursday while we're uh, doing the live show here. Um, so 1.1 million viewers, 0. 0.41. I talked about this on Thursday, TV reviews behind the paywall. Uh, $5 tier, obviously a very strong number. Um, So let's see. They were well over a million for every quarter hour. They never dipped below. Good. The show peaked for the first two quarter hours, the latter match. It opened up at 1.222 million. And the conclusion of the match, that second quarter hour, was 1.208 million. So they basically held the viewers from the opening of the show. But during that time, the 18 to 49 actually went up. It opened at 565. And the uh, and the finish of the match peaked at 583 thousand viewers in 18 to 49. So the 18 to 49 audience grew and I guess the olds uh left to some degree because the overall was slightly down but the 18 to 49 was up but the latter match did extremely well and then uh, the show dropped down to a little over a million viewers after that and was pretty much a straight line all the way through the end so, um, boring people <laughs> boring ratings,
2: match. no matter. It's just everything was fine.
1: Yeah, people were into the ladder match, and then the only the last significant bump in the show was for the second half of the Punk MJF segment that quarter hour. Okay. Which? Uh, yeah, I don't think I'm
2: surprised about any of those numbers. I think that's that's probably exactly no. how I thought it would play out.
1: It's what you would have figured, and a slight increase from quarter hour seven to quarter hour eight with the Orange Cassidy. Adam Cole main mm-hmm. event. Everything you think would have drawn on that show did.
2: Right. Ladder match, people wanted to watch. Punk and the MJF, people wanted to watch. And then the main event, people wanted to watch. Yep. <laughs> that sounds
1: about right. You know, I talked about it behind the paywall, but they had a lot of stuff on that. They really loaded the show because you had the Cody-Sammy ladder match. You had Adam Cole and Orange Cassidy, two reliable ratings draws in the main event in a lights-out match. You had MJF and Punk, that segment draw, that quarter hour draws every single week. And you had a Chris Jericho match too. A lot of weeks, you don't get that much on a Dynamite from the standpoint of stuff you know is going to draw. That's four segments that were locks to be attractive to viewers on one show. And it was the Beach Break show, so you know they loaded it up. And the 1.1 million viewers and the .41 was reflective of that. So they loaded up the show and they did well. Um Per WrestleNomics, Rich, uh, for the month of January now, AEW is up about 36% in total viewers and 38% in the demo versus last year, year over year. And no other wrestling show is uh, positive in either one of those figures across the board. So Dynamite had a killer, killer January. And next week, they're doing Punk MJF. That's going to draw. And the week after that, they're doing Hangman, Page, Lance Archer in a Texas death match. So Khan is keeping his foot on the pedal here. He had a great January, and it looks like they're going to try to keep the momentum going at least for the next two weeks.
2: All righty. Do you want to get into an indie match that we liked, indie wrestling that we enjoyed? Let's do that. So if you did not see this last weekend, uh, Action Wrestling, which is uh, based in Georgia, and independent wrestling TV – uh, they kind of co-promoted the show called Southeast First. And the main event is getting a lot of buzz and a lot of rightful buzz. It was AC Mack versus Alex Shelley. Alex Shelley comes into the match as the IWTV uh, champion. He's uh, defended it at a bunch of different places. Uh, he's had it for a couple months now. And this is a big-time moment. If you don't know the story going in, I think we can try to paint the picture a little bit. Uh, if you need, I would honestly just watch the match. Like, I would just go to IWTV and just watch the match. I think the the commentators do a good job. Uh, it's still in Hales and, and Johnny Moe's do a great job, I think, of kind of getting the match ready to go, getting you kind of set up for the match. But, you know, do you want to maybe quickly go over the background of this match and then we can kind of talk about what actually happened and what occurred and, and why this is a, a moment worth talking about?
1: So, I actually wrote a review for this match over the weekend after I watched it, I haven't published it yet because I have to add a couple more reviews. Um, but this'll be a written review behind the paywall. In my next batch of reviews on the $10 tier. But um, the gist of it is without taking up another hour of the show is they've been building up to this AC Mac independent wrestling title win literally for years. He held the, uh, uh, the subtitle for about a year held the action title for over 700 days, almost 800 days. Then he had a three-year climb to winning the Scenic City Invitational.
2: Mm-hmm. Started in and, the Scenic City Scramble, then went to Scenic City Rumble, and then the actual Scenic City Tournament.
1: Correct. And then he won the tournament, the last one. And, um, and the storyline has been he's just been dying for a shot at this IWTV independent title. And he finally gets his shot against Alex Shelley. In that little building in Tyrone, Georgia, the action wrestling building where they run most of their shows. So he had home field advantage. And he was kind of, if you don't know anything about AC Mack, this is one of the top promo guys in wrestling. Not oh, yeah. just in independent wrestling. Everywhere. In all of wrestling. Right. Like I would put him upper echelon, top 1%. He's a tremendous promo. But he's always kind of been like a trollish heel. He's always been a heel but he's so good and he's been a mainstay in all these promotions that he kind of just became a de facto babyface. Right. 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 If
2: people, much. you know, if you've never seen him before, like he does this thing where like the ring announcer is about to introduce him and he snatches the mic away. And then he does the, you know, he does his own ring introduction, but he yeah. he's a, he's a typical heel. So he plays it up. But like, when you talk about being able to project a voice and project, like it's not just the content of what he's saying. Cause the content is also very good. It's the way he says it as well. The, 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 the way he delivers it, the the he yells without screaming. He yells to make it. It just kind of all works. Like you got to watch some of these promos to kind of get AC Mack. We I think we've talked about him a we've couple of times around the before. flagship. I mean, yeah, yeah. We maybe haven't really gone, given him enough credit, but we we both have been fans of him for for quite a while as well.
1: Well, our complaint is always we wish he would travel more.
2: Right, which we'll talk about in a second. It's a part of the story. which actually yeah. is
1: going to play into this, but. When we've talked about AC Mack, we've always said, why doesn't he travel? Oh, why wasn't he on this show or that show, which was perfect for him or whatever over the years? But, um, you know, he he eventually became, because he was such a great heel and they loved to hate him, he became a favorite in a lot of these places. And it's that kind of deal where he just, now he has to be a baby face in a lot of these promotions. But, um, so he finally gets this title shot and this really had the feel of an old school um, I'm really giving away my whole review here that I wrote, but, uh,
2: <laughs> well, do you want, do you want me to then talk? Cause you know, I don't, yeah, well, I'm going to say a I lot mean, of the stuff you're going to say too. So essentially what happens is, so, so you have the hometown guy, AC Mac who comes out and he is just the biggest baby face in the, in the universe. These people have they watched love this man. They, they have watched him rise. They have watched yeah. him, you know, cheat his way. But it's okay because they they've seen it all. They, these fans have seen every step of the way for AC Mack, and now he has this opportunity to do this. And a lot of the build has been about AC Mack saying, "Hey, look, I want this IWTV title," and then Alex Shelley or IWTV having him go to Beyond or having him go here, or having him go there. And the idea is that, hey, you know, I'm asking you to come to Georgia to wrestle me. This is my hometown. We're going to come here. And the idea is that, okay, you know, people are they're ducking Georgia, they're ducking the South, they're ducking the Southeast. Yeah. IWTV doesn't want to come down here. They don't want to be in Georgia. They don't want to Alex, Alex Shelley doesn't want to be down here. Now he's finally here. You're in our house and we're not letting you leave until we win that title. So Alex Shelley comes out and he is like, it's Alex Shelley, but he's like the most hated person. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? He's, he's, he's John Cena against CM Punk in Chicago for money in the bank. 2011. Yeah. They hate and this man. Doing,
1: and, <laughs> and he's doing a great job playing yes, it up.
2: Cause he's a great wrestler when you're a great wrestler. And this is an example of two great wrestlers, Alex Shelley, as far as, like, if, if most of the stuff that I've seen of Alex Shelley, at least in the last decade or decade and a half or whatever, he's just Alex Shelley. You know what I mean? He's kind of always the same thing. He's kind of a, a smile, not a smiley baby face, but like a good guy. You know, hey, you know, everything's solid, that sort of stuff. He comes You know out what here.
1: Alex Shelley is now? The, you know what he is now? He's such a respected indie legend that he almost has to be a baby face. Huh? Right,
2: right, right. You know what I mean? That's he kinda, He's, he's out there and it's like, it's Alex Shelley. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I'm here. Like, you know, it's kind of that vibe of him he comes out here and he's just got this shitty, you know, he's got this look on his face, like fuck all these yokels and get me the hell out of this damn place. And they're booing the hell out of him, And he just says, ah, I can't believe I'm going to be in this shithole and not. And it's, awesome so then yeah ac mac does this whole gimmick where you know snatches the the uh uh the you know the the mic from the ring announcer he declares himself one pound lighter than he usually declares himself which everybody goes
1: oh
2: (laughs) you know it kind of says i slimmed down for this match. i got ready
1: and i really got in shape (laughs) that's
2: right i forget what the exact number is but he usually says 218 pounds and everybody the whole crowd he goes 200 and they go 18 and he goes Seventeen pounds. Yeah. <laughs> they go,
1: oh, like
2: you know, yeah. they go nuts. And then he taps his belly and goes, "I slid down for this one." So yeah. it's awesome. It's
1: just great, it's great stuff. Yeah, and he's just so over. And Alex Shelley is just he, Shelley knows his role here.
2: Yeah. Is to just oh, and Shelley's most- sitting there like, "Let's go. All right, enough with the chit chat. Let's let's fucking wrestle, man, because I'm gonna beat you and then get the hell out of here." Yeah, and then he can. cuts
1: a promo, and he knows it's his role to be the most hated man in Georgia. <laughs> yeah. Like that's just, um, and and what's amazing about this is we are in the deep South and this is an openly gay black man. Yes. And he is just the most over baby face in the world. uh, Challenging for this title. And, and he doesn't make that part of his gimmick at all. He just is. He's just a wrestler that happens to be gay. He's openly gay. Everyone knows he is openly gay, but it's not part of his gimmick or his persona. And I'm not knocking people who make that part of their gimmick or persona. That's been part of pro wrestling's DNA going all the way back to the beginnings of pro wrestling. And I don't have a problem with that, but he doesn't do that. And that's just, it. it that makes him different too than that. He doesn't make that part of, uh, of who, of who he is as a wrestler. Mm-hmm. It's just who he is as a person. And, and it's just, uh, it's just uh Amazing to me that in the deep south we have this openly gay black man, and he's the most popular wrestler in Georgia. Yeah, and 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 it just felt like an old school NWA World Title match where the heel champion's coming in, and it's the local babyface hero. And normally, you know, you go to a sixty-minute draw, or the 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 heel survives by the skin of their teeth, but this time the local babyface wins, and he pulls off the victory. The place goes fucking ape shit. He's getting put on people's shoulders, okay? Um, this is years in the making. And then he cuts this incredible promo. And, I mean, it has to be seen to be believed. And um, and that's where they kind of kick off the North versus South feud, where he takes some shots at Beyond, and he takes yeah, some shots yeah. And don't, and at
2: and don't sleep on this match, by the way, too. It Really good. The don't mean, book
1: match. Classic, r-
2: notebook match. Classic wrestling, like, it, right out of, like, 1986 to 1989 like you know nwa mid-atlantic type stuff it's it's great wrestling the crowd is it's a different atmosphere for this crowd too it's not your indie wrestling crowd in the same way it's you know the entire time it feels like a 1987 you know nw because they, yeah. they're just the entire time going mac mac you know they're just screaming they're just so badly every second of this match want this man to win and they're they're rooting him on every time he does something they're going yeah 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 you know like they're just it's not even a second of silence there's just the crowd is always making noise the entire time and then yeah shelly goes for his move mac reverses it and gets the pin that way and it's just like yeah it comes out of nowhere but it works and the crowd just explodes like you said uh, and then all of this is all about this post match promo where you know first off he gets out there and says you know i started wrestling in 2016 i think i i, I tried to write it down I, so i don't know if i have it verbatim but uh i says i started wrestling in 2016 and people told me you ain't never gonna make it out of this state not with the way you look not with the color of skin not with who you like to sleep with which i thought yeah. was a very yeah. poignant thing and then he said you know they called me george's finest and everybody starts chan- clapping he goes no, no no don't clap for that because i'm yeah. much more yeah. than george's finest <laughs> and that yeah. i thought was a really cool moment uh uh too so uh, yeah, he he. Then you know. Says, then he talked
1: about I'm not going to get out of the region. Yeah, go ahead.
2: Yeah. So then, like, so then he starts calling out, and now this begins this new feud that that you'll kind of jump into here in a little bit, where it appears that IWTV and beyond and the whole that whole ecosystem yeah. is is going to do sort of a a southeast versus whoever, yeah. maybe everybody type of thing, where where AC Mack goes, you know, I've been trying to get this title down here for for months, and nobody wanted to come down here because it's Georgia, you know, nobody wants to face me here, but you know. I'm here now, I'm the champion now, and everyone's going to have to come down to Georgia, I'm not going to Chicago, I'm not going to Philly, I'm not going to, you know, Worcester, Mass, I'm not going to Boston, you're coming here, and he goes, if you do want me to come out there, I ain't driving, I'm not putting fuel in my car, you're flying me, and this is an awesome part too, and he goes, and not Spirit or Frontier,
1: (laughs) you're flying me Delta, Yeah, you're you're flying me from Georgia's airline. Oh, that's Delta. right,
2: because yeah, Delta's in Georgia, yeah. and everybody Delta goes,
1: yeah, Atlanta Delta, Delta yeah. Airlines.
2: I've never heard that many people be so happy about Delta Airlines, but yeah, uh, like,
1: Delta stinks. Let's yeah, be Delta's honest. garbage.
2: But all yeah. right, they're probably like half the town's probably employed by Delta, so I guess that's, yeah, you know, it, yeah. I don't know. I actually don't know. That might be the case. Well,
1: that's because, where their hub is in Atlanta, so it's yeah. Delta. So
2: I guess yeah, yeah they they, they so that was awesome too. Where he goes, you know, you're coming down to Georgia, you're coming down to our territory, but if you want me to come to you, you got to fly me out there. I'm not driving my own car out there. And, uh, yeah, it was just a really cool promo, and, and, and just it starts this, presumably, his new gimmick of, you know, Southeast versus America, Southeast versus the world. I don't know what it's going to be, but it's, it's got me pretty excited. I can't wait to check it out. But, uh, yeah, they've been going back and forth on Twitter, and uh, some people are not quite getting it.
1: No, yeah, and that's what's frustrating, because <laughs> it's so clear that this is a story, and it could be a good one if you would just allow yourself to be worked. And and suspend your disbelief for it. He cut a promo on all of you know, and it, you know, and like you said, he mentions Worcester Mass and all that. And then you know, Drew Cordero responds on Twitter, working, you know, saying how you know, and they are doing this north versus south stuff. And there's people on Twitter. It's like indie fans these days. They just think they're too close to the shit, and they will not allow themselves to be worked. And they're going after Drew. They don't they're like, we don't like what you're saying. I saw some people throwing some racial stuff and some uh homosexual stuff. It's like, are you people crazy? They're working. Uh. He doesn't have anything against AC Mac. He's worked and beyond. Can you look at Cage Match for 30 seconds and put and use your brain? I mean, they're doing a story here. And the and, and it would be a real shame if the end result of this was AC Mac and Drew Cordero and IWTV forced to go on Twitter. And do the Eric Stevens, I'm sorry for trying to work you apology uh, that Eric Stevens had to do a couple years ago. When he was doing, like, the sexist routine. And- yeah, I think it was
2: only, was that last year or 2020? I forget when it was. But, yeah, if you don't know, he was doing a women are inferior, women can't wrestle type thing. All building up to a bunch of women beating him at WrestleMania weekend or whatever I mean, weekend it was. Yeah.
1: Very obviously, it was for Black Label Pro. It's very obvious a woman was going to beat <laughs> right, the end of the day. Right, you dumbasses. Okay. It's so easy. It, <laughs> yes. So it's like, and, and believe me, Eric Stevens is no pal of ours. He hates my guts. But I'm defending him here because yeah. I'm being fair. It, like, the fans could not handle it. And he had to go on Twitter and apologize for being a pro wrestler who was working. <laughs> I mean, this is and this is the problem with some of these modern indie fans. It's like they they feel like they're it's the merch table culture that I always talk about. And I knew it was a poison pill, Rich. I've talked about it for years, and it was always going to have negative effects. Never mind speaking out. Let's leave that out of this for a second. But it's just you know, it, it, and these fans can't handle it. So they all think Drew Cordero is 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 legitimately fucking, and it's right. almost I'm, like I'm he,
2: friends with AC Mac. I think AC Mac's cool, so I'm yeah. gonna get mad at Drew Cordero for saying that AC Mac is is stupid or sucks or whatever. It's a like, coward for not coming yeah, to fucking like, Massachusetts. Oh my god, just it's like, just play along with it. It's wrestling, man. Just let yourself go for a minute.
1: The old work is the new work. Yep. These people are 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 getting worked, and it's like. My fear is that at the end of the day, they're going to figure out that they're getting worked, and then they're going to be mad that right, they're getting worked. Right, right, right.
2: And I will say to the credit of like those action fans, like I don't think those action fans actually dislike Alex Shell. You know what I mean? But they get it. They understand. I'm here at in <laughs> Tyrone, Georgia. Show. I'm at a wrestling show. Disbelief. I like this guy. I don't like this guy. All right, I'm going to cheer this guy and boo this guy. If they saw Alex Shelley walking outside of the building afterwards, they're not going to run him over with their car. You know what I mean? But in that moment, he was the bad guy, and AC Mack was the conquering hero. It's wrestling. Just let yourself get lost in the moment for a little bit, man. Jesus Christ. But like you said, it's I'm buddies with this guy. I buy beers for this guy. I you know buy their shirt. I'm friends with them. They follow me on he, Twitter. Like He
1: answers my DMs. Right. Like, and, and then you get too close. You got a white
2: knight for these guys, and you don't have to. Just let it go.
1: They're trying man. to work here. They're trying to draw money. You know, and it's like you know, the, and it's a shame that it, it it might all get blown up because some people can't handle being worked, and you know, everyone has to assume that everything is in bad faith, and that you know, everyone is you know, it, it's just it's so frustrating, you know, because
2: yeah, this is and, so uh, good, and it's it can be really good too. I mean, that you're talking about really good. you know, yeah. regional regional feuds are like so easy to do and so awesome when done well. And this one yeah. has all the makings to be real. I mean, there's a lot of talented people, a lot of smart people involved in it as well. Um, yeah, so it, it's... Yeah, it's got the potential to be a lot of fun, so I really hope it can actually happen because I, I was I was certainly inspired after watching this of, of saying, oh man, I can't wait to see where this goes. And then, yeah, finding out people getting upset about it on Twitter maybe.
1: This annoying. was yeah. a, a rare uh, indie match and angle that... Had me very interested in what the next thing Is gonna be as opposed to You know I'm dropping in For a match because it looks good on paper and maybe I enjoyed it but You know I may not Ever come back and watch whatever promotion This was again right
2: right oh I mean when it was Done I basically the, the video ended and I just Went back and then I just put it on the back I just watched the rest of The action show in the background right like, well, I, you the know,
1: show, I well the show opens up with an AC Mac pre-tape promo right right Very good too Um but yeah, so hopefully the fans don't eat this up and destroy it, and uh, and force everybody to break kayfabe and all that, because that would be very disappointing. Um, hopefully, hopefully the parties involved just no sell the negativity, yeah, just
2: ignore and it people. and no sell it, please. Twitter's not real, yeah. guys. It's not real. Don't
1: just bother. no sell it. I mean, it. you're almost—it's almost like they're they're too good at their job, right? It's like you almost don't want to be too good at your job anymore. Because people, when you do work, people they they can't handle it, and then and, and they want to take everybody down. And I saw people tweeting, "Ah, oh, I will never support Beyond Wrestling again." And it's like getting the wrong kind of heat yeah. because you know what I mean. And it's I know,
2: like I know, yeah, it's you can't be too good at it. Yeah, it, you're absolutely right. You can't be too much of a babyface or too much of a heel anymore because fans just they cannot handle it. And can't handle you it. Know, we they, talked about this, uh, you know, a couple of years ago when Jericho was you know in his peak, you know, inner circle heel thing or whatever. And they're like, This guy thinks he's like a big deal rocker. He's not a big deal. I'm like, that's the gimmick, you dumbasses. You yeah. know what I mean? They're like, What a dork. He thinks he's a hard, like a real rocker, and he's not. He's you know it's like that's the fucking gimmick, or you know, he came out in a car and remember I, I remember this angle vividly, but he comes out in a car and he says, like, Yeah, this car is like two hundred thousand dollars or whatever. And people are like, That car is not two hundred
1: thousand yeah. dollars. Oh my god. Yeah. It's <laughs> and it's worse with indie fans, because indie yeah. fans want everything to be with a wink and a nudge. They really do. A lot of these indie fans, they don't want baby faces and heels. They want to to they want to cheer for everybody that comes out. They want to do the tequila spot with Danhausen. Right, right. They and what to, Beyond
2: is trying to do is tell their fans, "Hey, boo this guy because he's from the South. You know, think he sucks because he's from the South." And Support. you have people
1: online going, "Oh, I have nothing against the South. What is it? Because he's a black man?" And it's like, dude, it's a fucking wrestling angle. Right. I think not like everything said, is is about fucking. Yeah, it's just crazy.
2: It's just it's asking too much of fans just to. I mean, you know, I, I get it in one breath, but it's also just like, just let it, just let the work happen, man. You're gonna have a, it's probably gonna be a lot of fun if you just play along with it a, a little bit, you know, and and trust that the people involved know what they're doing. But you know,
1: well, I hope this all, I hope the end result of this is that the angle takes off and it works, and there's they find a very, they find the right opponent for Mac to feud with to represent beyond or the North or whatever. And this gets more eyes on AC Mac because this is a guy who we've been saying for a long time deserves more eyeballs. He really is a special talent. His, his promo ability. I I mean, I I don't say this lightly. I truly believe he's top 1% right now. Anybody TV or otherwise. Um, He controls the crowd. He uh, understands and I've seen him cut heel promos that were just as good, if not better, than this promo in this put, po- which was phenomenal in terms of there's no way you can come away from this post-match promo in this match and not feel something. you know. And, and his heel promos are even better in a lot of ways when in terms of riling people up. And-
2: yeah, yeah. Oh, he's a talk you into the building type of guy, for sure. He is. He is. Like, you so- you, you want to be in the building when this guy's cutting a promo. It, you know, it makes you that, yeah. So he, he's he's tremendous. So yeah, go out of your way to watch this uh, if you haven't. Uh, Jerry wrote a, a great piece up at Voices Wrestling dot com as well. If you want to read that, uh, there's been a lot of other pieces uh, out uh, about it as well. But yeah, IWTV you can find it as I said, Voices of Wrestling dot com. There's an article by Jerry, uh, Jerry Evergood that's uh, uh, you can read on there uh, about it as well. So yeah, really, just go out of your way to watch it. It's not that much time investment, but it'll be it'll be well worth the half hour to. Forty-five minutes is going to take you to watch.
1: It's just classic pro wrestling.
2: Yeah, it's just it if you want to see what like I what makes me love pro wrestling and why pro wrestling is good and why it, the simplicity of pro wrestling can sometimes be, we invent ways to make pro wrestling hard and it really doesn't have to be. And this is proof positive of it. I mean, it it's hard in the sense that they had to have a three year plan, they had to work three years to get here, but it's not that hard. All you have to do is say, all right, here's what we're going to be, you know, here's what we're going to do, and then just do it. You, you know what I mean? And like, that's not always going to work, but at least fucking try. And 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 so often. We invent ways to make wrestling much harder or we, we think that it's much harder than it is. And at the end of the day it's it, it's good versus evil. It's 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 this person versus this person, it's this title for this title. You know what I mean? It's 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 very, very simple. Uh but yeah, this shows what, what how great for wrestling can be if it's just simple and well done and and, and and thought of and and carefully thought. You know what I mean? Like effort was put into this story and in AC Mac and into this, you know, title reign and all that sort of stuff. So that's that's all we're asking. There's a little bit of effort.
1: Okay. This is uh this is not a world title, right?
2: I they do call it the IWTV world title, yeah.
1: Now, okay, now listen. They can call it whatever they want. I, I don't I don't besmirch any promotion calling their top title a world title. My problem is pro wrestling illustrated calling this a world title. I have a major <laughs> problem with that. Now I this is such a silly topic and I'm embarrassed. Yeah, this is the
2: dorkiest more- thing you've ever ever gotten mad about, but go ahead.
1: I am embarrassed that <laughs> it makes me I can't believe
2: mad. you're upset about this. I'm P- you, a man cares about PWI in 2022. Okay, go ahead, Joe.
1: Well, we all know this isn't the PWI we grew up with. Not that I grew up with. Not that you grew up with. Okay? This isn't PWI with Mil Mascaris and Dusty Rhodes on the cover. And it isn't PWI that you grew up with with uh, Sting and the yeah, fucking- Sting, Rooka Sabu,
2: up. and Liger were on every cover that I remember.
1: Right. So. This is not the same. Now, I understand that. There's different people running it and I am not a fan of a lot of the editorial choices, but but and, and in particular, this one, you cannot give this title world title status. You cannot compare this IWTV independent title, which is a fine title. I have no problem with it. I thought it was a good idea when they came up with it. I have followed this title to varying degrees, depending who has held it uh, over its existence. Right now, obviously, I'm very into it with what they're doing now. Other times, I've been less into it than others but the point here is if you're pro wrestling illustrated you have to care about rest if 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 listen rest pro wrestling history no one cared about it for decades and that's why the record keeping was poor and now we have people who do care about pro wrestling history and there are curators of that history and if you're pro wrestling illustrated which, you know, as it was a kayfabe publication throughout its whole existence, I get that, but you really were, you know, the magazine of record in this country. And it mattered who Pro Wrestling Illustrated gave that stamp of approval to in terms of what's a world title. That stuff used to matter. And if you start calling titles like this a world title and that Pan African diaspora thing a world title, those aren't world titles. You know, you can't. You can't do that because you are one of the most important curators of history. And if you can't handle the job, give it to someone else. Because you can't sit here with a straight face and tell me that this IWTV title or some of these other titles that they have dubbed world titles are on the same level as titles that Luthes held and Bruno San Martino and Nick Bachwinkle I mean, come on. We have to reel this in. And do I feel like a massive dork caring about <laughs> this? This is really... <laughs> No, but I but the I
2: I I, yeah, is, I I see what you are saying. can
1: we respect either we respect the history or we don't okay no offense to Trisha Doris she's a fine wrestler she's not a world champion okay and this is not a world championship title come on nobody thinks this you know we we it, it's a it's the independent Title, by definition, it can't yeah, be independent a world title.
2: TV, yeah. What it are has, doing? I did check. It, it has been defended twice in uh, Canada, though, so does that change your stance? I don't
1: and, care where okay. it's defended. We all know what a world title is and a world title isn't, and we all know this isn't a world title. And again, I don't put this on the promotions. You probably, everyone listening to this has a local indie that calls their title a world title. They call it whatever they want. I don't care. That, that, that but. PWI is supposed to be better than this. You don't. You, you gotta. Rec- you can't recognize these. <laughs> See, I think this
2: is point. this is a you problem now. At this point, though, they're not better than this, though. You know,
1: not anymore. I guess they're fine. I mean, they're fine, but they're and not. I guess not
2: what you grew up with. Again, they're not what you but grew up with.
1: I think what you're saying is the problem is I don't have to recognize what they recognize. Sure. I can. What you're saying is I can just say, all right, it's not what it used to be, and. No one really I don't thinks... need to listen
2: to what PWI tells me as a world championship I now know what is and isn't
1: right whereas in 1986 but I mean I don't know it just it bothers me that it bothers me but it does bother me i I, I can't it, it you know because I grew up with that magazine and they they used to protect that. I mean, they stripped WWF of world title status in the early 80s and over, over, you know, and and they refused to recognize the ECW title as a world title. And they were, you know, it meant something. It was like, and you know, and it meant something in the industry when PWI recognized your title as a world title. And it wasn't easy. And it wasn't random indie titles that have never been defended in front of more than 400 people. And it's just... I know this shouldn't bother me, but I do care about the history of wrestling. And I feel like not enough people do, and the few that do really need to do a better job taking care of the history of pro wrestling. That's all. If that makes me a bad guy, then believe me, everyone thinks I'm a bad guy anyway.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, well, it probably hasn't changed your opinion of of Joe whatsoever.
1: Right. But, I mean, you know, it's...
2: I got you. I I, I totally get what you're saying.
1: I could tell you right now, and I'm not going to bring up names, but there's people associated with some of these titles who were probably a little embarrassed about this. You pick it up when I'm laying down, Crane? I mean, come on. You know, so it's just disappointing that PWI would do it. But again...
2: (laughs) Joe's not mad at you, PWI. He's just disappointed. (laughs) I am disappointed. And
1: Rich, you're right. It's just not... it's It's PWI and name only. I mean, and that's and maybe that's what hurts me. I don't know. Yeah, you know, it probably I, wouldn't hurt
2: you if they were called Pro Wrestling Magazine or something. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, if but, it was yeah. some
1: other magazine, I wouldn't even be paying attention to this. But it still says Pro Wrestling Illustrated on the cover. It still has that logo. And I know none of the people that used to be involved in it are anymore. And um, I don't know. It's just we either care about this stuff or we don't, man. You understand what I'm saying? You. It's yeah, like...
2: you're, all you're making me do is want to go and, and see if I have any PWIs left at my parents' house. And I think I, I still do. have. Definitely have the almanacs. A couple of
1: years, I mean, this stuff either matters or it doesn't. And if yeah. you're telling me it doesn't matter, that bothers me because I want it to matter. You know? Alex Shelley and AC Mack, I love this match. And they're, they're wrestlers I respect the fuck out of. Okay? They didn't hold a world title. I can't put this on the – this isn't Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat and the NWA world title. Okay. It's just not, you know, this is not Vern Gagne. This is not, uh, you know, it it just isn't, you know, we, we can't, we have to have standards and we have to, if we're going to, you know, have reverence to history, we have to respect that history. We can't just throw these things around because, you know, we're trying to, I I don't know. I, 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 It bothers me that I care about this. But someone has to care about it.
0: You're right. Someone has to say
1: something. You know? Anyway.
2: Uh, all right, real quickly, let's uh, one more indie that we'll talk about, and then we're gonna take a quick, uh, do a quick little ad read, and then get to uh, the Royal Rumble. You're all champing at the bit, I know, to hear our hot Royal Rumble takes. So, uh, P W G Battle of Los Angeles is happening this weekend. Yes, in late January, the Battle of Los Angeles is happening. No, I don't know why. No, I'm not sure. Uh, looks like a hell of a lineup. Uh, it'll be available to watch probably in September, and by that point. Eight thousand things will have already happened. And we probably won't watch it.
1: I'm not. I, there's no shot. I'm going to watch. It, so.
2: <laughs> right. It was hard enough to watch them. Just being honest. In the heyday, it. now there's ten trillion other things to watch.
1: But listen, if it was happening across the street, I'd happily buy a ticket.
2: Absolutely. Yes. If it was streaming, I'd, I'd watch it this week. But um, without question. Yeah. They're they're still kind of in their old thing, and that's fine. I get it. People got mad at us when we used to get mad at them all the time, and I'd say, okay, fine. And I eventually just was like, all right, PWG is going to be PWG, but uh yeah we i also can't pretend that i'm gonna ever watch this show so uh anyway mike bailey and bandito uh these are all the first round matchups, by the way so mike bailey bandito jonah all caps versus buddy matthews Davey richards versus jonathan gresham black toros versus jd drake alex shelley versus lee moriarty leo rush versus jack hartwheel daniel garcia versus kevin blackwood uh and ray horos versus aramis that's a hell of a lineup You know, (laughs) the last
1: time we did this, someone tried to break in my back door when we talked about the Bolo lineup. Oh, that's right.
2: Yeah, we said Um, Jeff Cobb, and then someone's trying
1: to get in the area. I was like, Rich, I think someone's trying to jimmy my back door open here. Uh, But we got to finish the show. I'll deal with the cops later. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's a good-looking lineup. I I like Buddy Matthews being involved in something like this. Uh, Obviously, Davey Richards. I was, I was uh, looking forward to him being in this tournament that I'll never watch. Um, Daniel Garcia, obviously, and uh, he'll travel with Blackwood, another Buffalo guy. And you know, PWG always does this. They they tend to match up people who are already with, familiar with each other. And I know that <laughs> bothers a lot of people, but you notice they've got Garcia against Blackwood. They have Horus versus Aramis, uh, and that's kind of been their – always been their booking pattern. And I, I – I get why people don't like that because they're like, oh, give us the fresh matchups. But you're going to get those later.
2: Right. The, the idea is that the first round is just like, all right, let's get, you know, get, get your feet wet, get familiar with these guys, do that sort of stuff. It's all about seeing what happens in the later rounds, though. So I, I, I'm fine with that booking plan that they do. I, I'm fine with it. I get why people get upset about it. But you then are kind of rooting for that guy to move on and face somebody that they've never faced. You, you want the fun, interesting matchups to happen in the second, third round.
1: It's not, not even – it's also the idea that these guys have probably wrestled each other a million times and they could put their best foot forward and have a really great match. Right. Because they're familiar with one another.
2: Right. In some cases, like Garcia and Blackwood are probably in the car talking about their match, you know, for, for, yeah. for I mean, 30 hours, you know, before uh, they're coming to the show or whatever. So, yeah, the, the idea is that these people, yeah, are familiar so they can get in the ring and just go out there and show out and have a really, really great performance yeah. and, and, and impress this fan base off, right off the bat if you've never seen – you know, Kevin if if P W G fans have never seen Kevin Blackwood before, you know, he's gonna be in there with Daniel Garcia and those two guys know each other like the back of their hand. and they're gonna go out there and have a hell of a match.
1: They could have some match that they had in twenty eighteen that they know is good and put together spot. Whereas if you put Blackwood in there against um whoever, Jonathan. Black Taurus.
2: Yeah, Black Taurus. They yeah, you get to the arena and then they gotta say, All right, what do you wanna do?
1: You know, type and then thing. what if their chemistry's not good? Right and then it, that doesn't do anybody any good. So that would be the counter argument to I want look, it's a tournament. You're going to get those fresh matchups later on. I've never had a problem with putting the people in there who are already familiar with each other. I think that's actually a good idea. But um but yeah, it's a good looking lineup. It you know, they really struggled there um when the pandemic wasn't allowing travel and and you know, post speaking out and, uh, for a while there PWG has struggled with their lineups a little bit, but now that things are slowly returning back to normal um, this feels like a fresh coat of paint for them with some of these names and this particular lineup and Jack Cartwheel is a guy from the West Coast who a lot of people are high on who is going to get a big opportunity in this tournament against some of the best independent wrestlers in the world so um yeah, I do think it's a uh, it's a good, interesting, and fresh lineup for PWG, and I will also never watch
2: it. Yeah, I just, I really, God, I just wish that the, they get this DVD out pretty a lot quicker, or just, I yeah. understand they don't want to stream, I get that, but man, get this thing out, you know, get it somewhere where people can watch it in a couple weeks, because yeah, if this was, if this released in, you know, mid-February, I'd watch it, but man, it's gonna come out in, like, April, and no one's gonna care, you know, at this time, it's gonna come out in May, and it's gonna be like, what, who cares, so... Yeah, it stinks because I want to watch this. It looks like a lot of fun, and, and and I do always respect PWG and how they structure their shows and how they book and all that sort of stuff. So, but
1: Bola is usually later in the year, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it's usually uh, late August, early September. Yeah. So I don't know why it's in January this year. Probably COVID related because they haven't had one in a while. Yeah, maybe? I think they just want to make some money <laughs> again. So they're just going to. They didn't have
1: shirt. one last year, right? They... Uh,
2: I do not believe so.
1: What was the last Bola? Let me look this up. Not believe so, but. Uh... Um, PWG say. Funny thing is when I used to watch these I I would be totally burnt out in the middle of day two. Uh let's see. Cage match with their exact fucking <laughs> All right, let's see if I can the right.
2: so worst part is twenty nineteen was the last one. Okay, that's what I thought.
1: So that's why they're doing it now, because they haven't had one in two years. Yeah,
2: so go go make some money. <laughs> so respect that. Let's... Do you know who won it two years ago? Who won it two years ago, I want to say... Was it Jonathan Gresham?
1: Uh, I don't know the answer either, hold on. <laughs> it was... Uh... I feel like it was
2: It was either Gresham no. or Bandito. It was Bre- Gresham or Bandito.
1: Bandito won. There, uh, yeah. Now, Gresham was in the final. Do you know the third man that was in the final?
2: Oh, it was... A, oh, it was... I th- I watched this one. It was Janela, wasn't it? David Starr. David. Oh, yikes. Yeah. <laughs> yikes. <Yeah. laughs> Not going to be in this year's final, I don't think so. Tugging collars. <laughs> Tug <and> collars.
0: <laughs> All right. Yeah, uh,
2: yeah I would avoid past bolas if you want to. Uh, a lot of Party Marty. A lot of David Starr. A lot of.
1: Yeah. A lot of whoop whoop ah.
2: man. Yeah, a lot a lot of whoop whoop man.
1: That's the... Eh, on tape. You know, what are you going to do? Yeah. Just... Um, let's see that was everyone else is fine that was in it a kid was in it How oh about
2: yeah that? yeah before he retired at age uh, 21 or whatever so
1: yeah dark order versus Aramis and Ray Horus a little special tag match on the final yeah, there yeah.
2: <laughs> how'd they get those guys How'd they get the dark order guys there that's cool
1: mm-hmm. anyway, caveman uh, Ugg.
2: oh right yeah they were going big into the Australia region.
1: Yeah, they were. They took our Mick, advice.
2: They took our advice and, and and went heavy in the Australia region.
1: Well, you should always take our advice. Uh, Mick Moretti, Paris Da Silva, the whole gang. Artemis, Artemis Spencer.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: This was like another fucking decade. Well, it literally was. It was 2019.
2: Yeah, yeah, it, but, was, um, it was. Yeah, definitely. But no, it does, man. it feels like it was 600 years ago.
1: It really does. You're
2: yeah. like, yeah, the hot burgeoning australia scene david star and party marty like you know
1: yeah okay yeah that artemis spencer really had his um momentum cut off by COVID, huh like he was starting to like you got this guy he's in his mid-30s he's finally getting some attention and COVID comes and i what the fuck has he been doing yeah the
2: whole region man it sucks it's it's It got hurt so badly by it. I mean, it felt like it was right on the cusp and and really doing stuff. And it's like
1: Spencer's not an Australian guy, but I was just saying like oh yeah yeah yeah. He was just a guy who was you know, um, uh, from that from like the I think he's from the Pacific Northwest. I think so. Yeah, yeah. He was uh um just he he finally was picking up momentum outside of that region and you know working PWG shows and then. That just completely the world stopped, wrestling stopped, and that's completely it was the worst timing for that guy, because then everyone forgot he existed. I forgot he existed till this very moment when I read his name on that page, and then I'm like, oh yeah, remember when that guy was getting momentum? Yeah,
2: and I think he's still doing stuff, but yeah, I don't even know where he's where he's been working. I I have He was working Progress,
1: yeah. Rev Pro, he was working PWG, and then everything happens, and now he's just back in Canada. Sucks.
2: Alright, so let's do uh let's let the people know about my bookie Joe. Fantasy football season is over, but you can keep the excitement alive with my bookie's double deposit bonus. Your initial deposit will be matched up to a thousand bucks, like playing every game. With home field advantage, all you have to do is sign up, use the promo code voices, and get your funds credited to your account instantly so you can start placing bets with my bookie my promo code voices the nfl postseason obviously in full swing you got the you got the big, big weekend coming up joe big weekend for your rams right
1: yeah i mean we retired tom brady and now it's time to uh to beat the 49ers and go to the super bowl there Absolutely. it is
2: so let's let's see i put some bets on that you got two big big games you obviously have quote the big game coming up pretty soon i'm sure we'll get copy about the big game and bets you can make for the big game but uh Yeah, you got the NFL week final NFL weekend here. You got the big game coming up. Plenty of other stuff going on in the NFL uh, to bet on NBA, NHL. All the sports you want to bet on are all available at mybookie.ag. It's also home to exclusive contests that can be used to maximize your winnings and make 2022 your best year yet. So don't miss out. Double your first deposit up to $1,000 by uh, using the promo code VOICES. So again, mybookie.ag, promo code VOICES. Place your bets and get ready for the intensity of playoff action and the intensity of Royal Rumble action as well, because we're going to get to that uh, here in a sec. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with mybookie, mybookie.ag. Promo code VOICES. All right, Joe. I got some Rumble prop bets for you. Ready for this?
1: Not part of the ad read.
2: Not part of the ad read. No, This is, this is just... I thought these were interesting regardless of the ad read, but you know, you can go yeah. you can go to mybookie. Use that promo code voices if you want you to can. do a double deposit. Okay, door down. This Boom. is for
1: entertainment purposes only, of correct, course. Correct. Yes.
2: Johnny Knoxville Royal Rumble entry numbers. Are you excited about getting involved in Johnny Knoxville Royal Rumble oh, entry numbers?
1: No, I'm not, but okay. but give me the odds and maybe you can tempt me. Over
2: fifteen point five minus one twenty. Under fifteen point five, minus one twenty.
1: I would take the under. I think he'll be in the first half of the match.
2: There you go.
1: I don't think they want Johnny Knoxville mucking up the second I half.
2: I do of the match. not. I think you're absolutely right there. I that's, think
1: that would be my strategy here. But um, when did Pete Rose enter the Royal Rumble?
2: Pete Rose. Pete Rose. I don't think he ever officially entered a Royal Rumble.
1: Oh, but Kane did tombstone him in a Royal Rumble, though, right?
2: Yeah. He, well, he beat, up, uh, he beat up. He uh, beat up Drew Carey, if that's what you're thinking of.
1: Oh, maybe I'm confused. Pete Rose appeared no, at
2: WrestleMania. No, it was WrestleMania. He was cutting a promo, and then yeah, and then he he also appeared as the San Diego Chicken, but I believe that was also at a, a WrestleMania.
1: So neither of those were the Royal Rumble. No,
2: no. Drew Carey tried to pay off Kane, and that uh, did not work out very well for Drew Carey. So okay, he was he was right. promoting some. I, I did that in the Rumble Review flagship com, by the way, where there was some dumb comedy special that Drew Carey was plugging, and they were like. It was it was just one of those incredible things where Jerry Lawler is like, "Well, I know what I'm going to be doing next Sunday. I'm gonna be watching the Drew Carry like you know, whatever this dumb show was." Was that um? It, was kind that no, Jerry... nobody bought it. It was a pay per view comedy show, and literally like a hundred people bought it. It was so yeah. bad.
1: Was that Jerry Lawler or Mickey Mouse? <laughs> yeah. Kind of,
2: it's hard to tell the difference. So. Yeah.
1: He's like Jerry Lawler after getting kicked in the balls.
2: <laughs> right, at, uh, right,
1: right. Yeah, I know what I'm going to be doing. Rob, I'm going to know what I'm doing. Jr., I'm going to be watching the
2: Drew Carey Comedy Special. <laughs> Just like, yeah, nobody watched it. No, because like you watched that Royal Rumble, you're like, what's the Drew Carity Comedy Pay Per View? Who the fuck would order that? And the answer was nobody. Nobody wanted to order it. So
1: uh, that was a little late in the pay per view. Yes, it was. <laughs> like early pay per view always had stuff like that. Right, like uh, like Andrew Dice Clay had a. Uh, a oh, his was special. huge. Yeah, his was
2: gigantic. You,
1: you remember that one? Yeah yeah, I, yeah, yeah. And um, um, of course the Howard Stern butt Bongo Fiesta. I remember that on pay per view. Um, Howard Stern had a couple different pay per view specials in the early, but pay per view then kind of, people like the novelty wore off and people weren't willing to pay for things like that, and it kind of just became you know big fights and wrestling and shit like that. But uh, that Drew Carey that had to be that was real late in the pay.
2: Okay, I I Joe, I need to apologize to Drew Carey. It did well. Drew Carey's Improv All Stars. This is uh this is from the multi channel news uh, right. on February eleventh, two thousand one. It says Showtime. Event television's January 27th pay-per-view featuring comedian Drew Carey didn't draw as many viewers as the Super Bowl, but SCT and operators were satisfied with the results. Drew Carey's Improv All-Stars, which ran live one day before CBS's New York Giants Baltimore Ravens Super Bowl, garnered around 40,000 buys.
1: Oh, all right. It says,
2: we are are really pleased with the numbers given the fact that we were trying to break through new pay-per-view territories. So I don't know if that's just...
1: I don't know if that's that great. Especially I don't know,
2: that's just a sell job. Yeah, I guess now that I'm reading it
1: for 2001, that's not that great.
2: Yeah, now that I'm reading it, it's it sounds like a PR thing that uh,
1: 40,000 pay per view buys today is pretty good. Yeah,
2: because what, what did the Royal? Let's just see. So so he exposed this to how many people bought the Royal Rumble 2001? That'd be a pay-per-view. million, right? Yeah, let's
1: close to a million in those days got to get the Let's
2: old. Uh, ah, wrestle. You
1: got to get the old buy rates from the torch. Right? The,
2: uh... <laughs> yeah. Uh, 625,000 people bought this pay per view.
1: Yeah. Oh.
2: Yeah, 40,000 kind of sucks. All right. So this is just a Pierre. That, that's just a. Uh... That's not good. So, not yeah. Good. It's like the wrestling media. You just send them a press release and they'll just post it without even looking at it. I get
1: Howard... <laughs> Let me see if I get those Howard Stern butt bongo fiesta. Numbers. Yeah. No, see.
2: those had to be pretty big.
1: Howard Stern butt bongo fiesta. Pay-per-view buys. See if we get an old Variety article or something. Um, Bongo. Well, it sold 300 copies on VHS.
2: <laughs> not good. Uh,
1: well, you, the hardcore fans ordered the pay-per-view. Right? That's they,
2: true. They already saw it. They didn't need and it.
1: And would just record it off the pay-per-view. So you wouldn't need to buy the... Uh... This is 1992. It's going to be hard to get... Yeah, you got to find like a, a, a weird New York this. Times article
2: or something like that. Or, or... Need to go to the Dave Meltzer of the pay per view world in the early 90s, the TV world. That was...
1: well, um, it does stand Houston, to reason. A oh, bongo fiesta, vari- Let's see if Variety had an article. <laughs> I need to know this now.
2: Uh, Can't go to bed until you know how much the butt bongo.
1: The bongo fiesta, which I watched on uh, VHS many times. Hmm. Uh... I don't think we're finding this one. Yeah. Then it was more than 40,000, though. Oh, 300,000 copies. No, that's how many. No, no, no. That's how many he's VHS. Yeah.
2: Oh, you said 300 copies, I thought.
1: No, 300,000.
2: Oh, 300,000. I swore you said 300. And I was like, what?
1: No. But I'm looking for pay per view buys. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I don't know if we're going to find that.
1: No. It be. says exact
2: sale figures were never released, but the best. Oh, best some estimates here one sec i found a uh oh god people just heard me (laughs) type wrong uh all right right, right, right. who cares who cares okay
1: we are told in the chat room that the butt bongo fiesta vhs came with 3d glasses
2: wow so butts in your face that's pretty cool yes incredible so uh, but to your point drew carey came in at fifth so you're okay. right that uh, you probably want Johnny I, Knoxville.
1: I would recommend the under.
2: I recommend the under. Johnny Knoxville, number of Rumble eliminations. Over 0. 0.5, minus 200, under 0. 0.5, plus 160. Over. You think he's going to eliminate
1: somebody? There's got to be a jabron in there that he could like backflip out of the ring. Okay. Some com- comedy heel or something. Is like Tazawa in the match or something? Like uh, we'll talk
2: about. It. We'll go through the entire Royal Rumble match here okay. in a moment, so don't worry. We'll, 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 Unbelievable!
1: We'll... I'm referring to Tazawa in this match. It's pathetic.
2: Don't right? even, yeah. Don't even God. say that name. It makes me so so upset.
1: Glad he's that. happy.
2: Yeah. Um. There's a lot of I, I will say on my bookie a lot of prop bets. If you want to get involved in the uh, the Royal Rumble, it's best finishing position between like Rhea Ripley and Nikki Ash. Who's going to last longer in the match? Like. How many Brock Lesnar F5s, always a fun one? How many suplexes for Brock Lesnar? How many Lashley spears? I got screwed by that Goldberg match.
1: How'd you not win that? I counted those up. You didn't they didn't know. Remember
2: they 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 screwed me over and then I, I eventually the money did get deposited. It was it was like in a holding pattern for a little while, and I'm like, fuck off guys. I know uh, that they got like they probably were like counting if like a spear through a table was a spear like eventually I did get paid on that. So
1: eventually they paid out the
2: bill. They did pay that, yeah. It was it was it was pending for like three weeks afterwards. I'm like, come on, guys, yeah. three spears. Like I t- I counted it. I know for a fact. Yeah. Uh, how many Roman Reigns Superman punches landed over 2.5 minus 135, under 2.5 minus 105.
1: Well, landed. I'm gonna go under because that that fucking move shows more light than a fucking spotlight. So uh, <laughs> I would, that, that's that's what I would say there. But um, in the technical sense, I would. I'm going to go over on that. Okay. There you go. No, no. I'm going to go under.
2: Yeah, it's Seth freaking Rollins. He only needs one of those yeah. things to beat him.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not wrestling fucking uh, Braun Strowman. It's, yeah, yeah. Under.
2: Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, that's, that's that. We, we can maybe jump onto these uh, when we talk about who's actually in these Rumble matches uh, as well, if we'd like. But uh, let, let's do that. So we have the Royal Rumble coming up this Saturday. Set your alarms, folks. Saturday, not Sunday. A Nick
1: Khan deal. Nick now, Khan is Saturday like, nah, we're
2: boxing, news. we're MMA, we're big time yeah. entertainment. We're on Saturday. Um, what do you think about that? I don't like wrestling on a Saturday.
1: Well, I mean, this one's smart because the NFL championship games are going to smoke it if you do it on sure, Sunday.
2: Sure, this one makes sense, but I think there's eight or so of these that are going to be happening on Saturday.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's going to be. I think people will get used to it quickly. I really don't think it's a big deal. Well, you know, so it doesn't matter. I mean, AEW runs Saturdays, and no one seems to. Yeah, well, that's true. So, I mean, I just think it's—I think people are just used to Sundays with WWE, and it's just kind of a habit thing. But, um, yeah, listen, big boxing matches are always on Saturday. So they must yeah, have but their. See, I'm not
2: embarrassed to watch big boxing matches. <laughs> I am embarrassed to watch. It's one of these things where like you want Saturday kind of is like a day that you do normal human things, and it's like ah. right.
1: Sunday, you're winding down, getting ready for work.
2: You're right, and you're like, I'll watch wrestling. Who cares? Why not? Saturday, yeah. you know, there's competitive things going on there. So I'll tell you the uh, the wives of uh, of. People coming to my party not happy about the Saturday pay-per-views. I'll tell oh, really? So oh, yeah. Thinking, wait a minute, job. I got to burn a Saturday with this shit? Like, get the fuck out of here. Whereas yeah. Sunday, they're like, ah, whatever. It's Sunday, who cares? They uh wife's not happy. The wife attendance is going to be very low on this. Uh...
1: Yeah, I was going to say, just tell them not to come. <laughs>
2: yeah, well, I, I think that many of them are going to take that advice and not show up. So, Yeah. But I think they don't like their husbands being pulled away by this dumb shit on a Saturday yeah then I'm
1: sure a lot of these guys are going to be plopped in front of the tv for football the next day so it's going right. to be a, a burnt weekend for a lot <laughs> it's going
2: to be yeah, a disastrous weekend for uh, the yeah. wives of, of of wrestling sports fans but uh, anyway it is the Royal Rumble it is on Saturday from St. Louis the former Edwards Jones Dome the TWA Dome I don't know what is it's that called. really where they're running yeah it? That's yeah how of course I, I am yeah
1: they don't do shit in that building anymore, No, right? it
2: literally they, sits there and does nothing. I have no idea what that building's there for. I honestly thought they knocked it down,
1: to be fair. I how many tickets thought, are they selling for this thing, they, they, Um, I don't know. running a fucking... They're running a dome.
2: They're running a dome, man. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what, uh, what's the latest on WrestleTix. I have not followed it either. Uh, for this show, at least. I'm sure it's doing see. very well. It has... Tickets distributed 35,367, 92.8% of the tickets. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have been sold out. So. It's a Royal
1: Rumble. You knew it was going to do well. Yeah,
2: so only about 2,000 tickets left uh, if you're trying to get them.
1: That's a sellout. No it's vacancy. A... That's a no vacancy. Give it to them.
2: All right, so let's get to the Royal Rumble here. It is on Saturday. It is, Joe, the It Couple versus the Grit Couple. You ready for this one?
1: Yeah, I'm ready. It's
2: The Miz, Maurice versus Edge, Beth Phoenix.
1: Yeah, I you know there's people who think this is well built. Um, I've seen some of the segments. (laughs) Who are those people? Nah, there's people who think this is very well Uh, built. It really depends where you land these days. On are you sick and tired of the Miz routine, or are you not sick and tired of the Miz routine? Same goes for Edge, to be honest. But this is you know Edge isn't he's not tapping into that dark place for this one though. No, no, no. no. uh, Beth is
2: Beth is kind of tapped into the dark place though. Yeah, got her warrior hair on and stuff. So yeah, she's.
1: I mean, I don't give a flying fuck about this. Could not possibly I, care less, yeah. I, you know, I. Probably it's, ordering
2: the pizza during this match for sure. So yeah. I'll go pick up the pizza during this match, too. <laughs> oh, they delivered That's <laughs> ah, fine. I'll just go drive. It's a couple minutes away. It's a <laughs> problem. Yeah. So I'll, yeah. I'll go. I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah. Not because save I'm a cheapskate. I am a cheapskate, so I will do that anyway, but this is a good opportunity to do it anyway. So.
1: Yeah, save the tip. I'll go get it myself. Yeah,
2: exactly. It'll be warmer if I get it. So. All right. Right. Becky Lynch versus Dewdrop. For your raw women's championship,
1: Doudrop's been getting a push.
2: Yeah, they're gonna do it. You think they're gonna do it? You think Dewdrop's gonna do it? No. Oh,
1: you know, th- th- you know, th- I'm hearing a lot of chatter that Rousey's coming back for WrestleMania. Yes, I was going to talk to... about
2: that during the uh, the women' royal Rumble match, but let's do it right here because Becky's going to win. Ronda, it, I think Dave Meltzer said definitely coming back for WrestleMania. I forget the words yeah. he used, but essentially alluded to the fact that definitely coming back. Um, it's gonna be Becky you know, versus Ronda at WrestleMania, man.
1: Yes, it is. Uh, what does that mean for Bianca Belair, Rich?
2: Well, Joe. Um,
1: I thought that we were supposed to let that play well, I, out. Well, I'm
2: still letting it play out. Yeah. Cause, okay. All yeah. Right. No, you got to let that play out a little bit longer.
1: You will be dust and bones by the time that plays <laughs> out. But right. That's not happening.
2: Turning into a corn cob as I'm letting it play out. I'm, I'm sure no any I day before. now, any day now, Joe, they're going to say, all right, let's pay off you, know, you hugging her and then getting beaten in eight seconds. I'm sure it's coming. Somewhere down the line and,
1: and then you know. losing seventy percent of your televised matches for the next yes. uh um yeah, that's not a uh you know you know what's funny is you know Tony Khan has been touting this uh dream signing that he has made that is yet to debut. Um and I thought a real dark horse for that was Ronda Rousey, but I guess that's out. So I not yet. He, can
2: make, he can make an offer she can't refuse right now.
1: Well, I think he's saying he has this person signed already. Yeah. His dream signing. Who do you think that is? Danhausen. Oh, you're going. With I don't think it was Danhausen. The dream, dream signing has debuted. Dream
2: signing. I don't know. Who yes. would Tony Khan's dream signing be? Like,
1: that's a, I. I yeah. I don't know. I I was going with Rousey.
2: Yeah, but from that's not south. maybe be it's somebody case. from mid south.
1: It's Buck Robley. <laughs> yeah, um, right. you know what I mean. Like, I don't know. I yeah. I mean. You don't think Gargano would be considered... Ah,
2: That's a tough... That's a lot of...
1: That's strong verbiage
2: for Johnny (laughs) I like Johnny. Um, I like Johnny wrestling. Don't get me wrong. You know what I heard
1: about Gargano? You know what I heard about Gargano? What
2: did you hear about Gargano?
1: I heard that's I would put that at... at, I think people think it's a lock. I think it's about 50-50. You think there's there's an equal
2: chance that he shows up at the Royal Rumble?
1: I lean WWE for Gargano. I heard, Rich, that uh, Khan might not be as high on Gargano as you might think. Interesting, okay. That's what I heard. Oh, all right. Listen, I don't know. He could pop up on Dynamite next week. I'm saying a lot of people think it's like 80-20, you know? I'm saying I would put odds on Gargano, WWE, AEW, at 50-50. 50/50. that's right
2: where I put it. Right, right down the it, line,
1: I think it's a literal coin flip at this
2: point. Okay, well, that'd be fun to see.
1: Yeah,
2: it uh, plays out. With that being said, yeah, if you, I don't think you can tout Johnny as a dream signing. That's that's tough.
1: No, so who do you think it is?
2: Hmm, Iceman King Part. No, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um,
1: yeah, I, I...
2: Chris Adams. I don't think that he's a tough get these days. I don't think. That.
1: Yeah, he's dead. <laughs> that's gonna be hard to get uh, that'd be a
2: dream though. That'd be a dream signing if you can <laughs> get yeah. Chris Adams, you know. Master
1: of the super kick and everything.
2: Twenty seven years after he died or whatever, so that would be tough. So.
1: Um Buck Robley's dead too. Yeah, I was I gonna say a uh, lot
2: of those mid-south favorites are are all very, very dead. So that's uh
1: I don't even know if he ever worked mid-south, to be honest. Um I just like saying Buck Robley. It's a great name. I, when I want to think of like an 80s territory guy and I want to say a funny one, I always say Buck Robley. <laughs> I like to go with him or Ted Oates. Is Ted another Oates, one I like to. that's
2: good, yeah.
1: Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who the uh, – my guess is out. I, I guess Rousey. I'm not going to be a fraud and change it to somebody else. So I don't know. what's What else is going on with this Rumble?
2: So the Rumble here, let's go with the uh, the Women's Royal Rumble we'll start with. Again, the speculation that Ronda Rousey is coming back, and if she comes back, I mean, she's going to win that Royal Rumble, right? Like,
1: I mean, why would you bring her back and throw her out at number 16? And, you know, I mean, I yes, will, of course.
2: I will say that uh, my bookie definitely has some thoughts about that, too, because Bianca Belair is at plus 300. So you, she is so far the biggest favorite. Yeah. Ronda Rousey, plus 450.
1: yeah. I I might find
2: myself clicking on the Ronda Rousey name here a little bit after the show.
1: (laughs) I don't even... I mean, here's the thing. I don't care who wins. If Rousey comes back, she's going to win the main event of WrestleMania. Yeah, Yeah, she's going
2: to win that, and she's going to go to the main event WrestleMania against Becky. She
1: doesn't even have to win the Royal Rumble. Like, that won't even matter. The point is, it's going to be Rousey versus Becky. Right, like some
2: other people speculated that maybe you have Rousey get in there and then Becky runs in and like throws her out or something like that to build it up. Like you could do a lot of different things, but regardless Bianca, I'll tell you this right now, if there was a bet to put, will Bianca get her revenge for hugging Becky Lynch and then dying in six seconds afterwards? No, I would say, no, she's not going to get that. So no, uh, that would be my bet there. And then as far as they do a
1: three way at WrestleMania,
2: maybe, but I don't, that's not gonna be good for her either. If it does, I mean, people will pretend it's good. Yeah, but she's eating a one-two-three. If that's the case, you know what I mean. Like that's she's tapping out to to Rousey, or she's eating a one-two-three from Becky. So I don't know if I love right. That she's
1: not like knocking out Rousey and then pinning Becky. Right, like,
2: stacking their bodies on top of each other and pinning them Roman Reigns style. Like that's not happening. So, um, right. Yeah, people will tout it as a big. Oh, here, see, we let it play out, but then she, yeah, definitely be losing it.
1: What else we got here?
2: Anyway, all right. So this is. Who is in the thirty woman Royal Rumble match? Are you ready for this who's who of uh, of names? This cavalcade of superstars, Joe. Do we
1: know all the names yet?
2: We do not know all the names, so there's some mystery yeah. guests. But I love. Are you just so just before I if I I don't want to bl- I don't want to blow this if you're going to do it. Are you going to yeah. do a what brand she play for a game or no?
1: No. Okay. I, oh, you were afraid I was going to do that. I didn't
2: want you? to spoil it. I didn't want to spoil it in case you were going to come out of nowhere with it because I think you did that in the past Royal What I love about this is Wikipedia gives you. The allegiances of every one of these people. Yes, in the match, which is just awesome. So, from Raw, Joe, you have Rhea Ripley, Nikki A. S. H., Dana Brooke, Carmella, Queen Zelina, Tamina, Bianca Belair, and Yeah, only live once, Liv Morgan.
1: Mm, that's not too many names.
2: Not too many names from the SmackDown side, Joe. You have Shotzi, Natalia, Aaliyah, Naomi. Shayna Baszler, and Charlotte Flair. Okay. Hall of Famers. You have Nikki Bella, Brie Bella, and Lita.
1: Some heavy hitters.
2: And then you have unaffiliated freelance. (laughs) (laughs) I did this whole bit just with this freelance part. Freelance, Michelle McCool, Kelly Kelly, and Summer Rae. Mm. And then you have from Impact Wrestling. (laughs) The Forbidden Door has swung wide open. Right. And is allowed Mickey James, Impact so Wrestling, m- synonymous with Impact Wrestling, Mickey James, finally get her opportunity in the Royal Rumble match that she's probably participated in every single time they've had it.
1: How many mystery spots are left?
2: So now? that number gets us to 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. We have nine different spots to fill. nine <laughs> we have nine spots to fill so um i mean kaylee ray can't be that bad. <laughs> kaylee ray mandy rose uh
1: what are we doing
2: all here? of toxic attraction um
1: yeah um
2: eo well, eo shirai probably right sure ollie J can show up
1: mm.
2: rap superstar ollie jay how show up. bad was that that was pretty brutal that was pretty one brutal. of the
1: worst things i've one watched of the weirdest on...
2: things ever yeah. Because she's also not popular. No. I mean, every, they pretended me. she was popular, and, like, wrestling news sites were like, oh, well, uh, what should I wa- What should I listen to of Ali J before she makes her performance? I've never heard of her. It's like, nobody's ever heard of her, dude. Like, Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking? Nobody knows. Look at her Spotify. There's, like, she gets less listens on all of her Spotify. Her entire Spotify has less listens than one episode of The Flagship.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Someone, someone told me that on... Uh... One of those, either SoundCloud or something else. She had less than a 100 followers on.
2: (laughs) Right. What are we doing?
1: And she had under 5,000 Twitter followers until she appeared on NXT, and now it's over 5,000. She's a literal person off the street. Like, how did this happen? Where'd they find her? I have no idea. No one knew who she was. She's no one. She was nobody. This isn't like... Joe and Rich are out of touch. This was a non-entity. This was a person off the street. And the performance kind of showed that. Oh, it like, was so bad. It was brutal. I, what, what was that? I have that? no
2: idea. I have no I idea. I have to know how that came together. And nobody – people are not looking into it as much as they should. But there there needs to be – maybe it's going to take 10 years, 15 years, a Between the Sheets episode – 20 years from now, Chris Nellner and David Vixen's band, we'll, we'll, we'll dive into the Ali J and how this happened. Who made this happen, how it happened, why it happened. Because we got to know. Inquiring minds need to know.
1: Is she dating someone in the company? That's possible, right? Maybe. Like maybe, didn't she, she performs with Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams in the ring. Maybe she's dating Trick Williams or something. That, yes, that yeah. I'm just trying to grasp at straws. Figure I Figure out know. something, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's maybe she's dating a wrestler or or someone in production. Kind knows her and finagled and got her this big appearance. I mean, it's done well for her. It doubled her Twitter followers. 5, um, <laughs> to five thousand. <000. laughs> um, just a totally bizarre booking. I mean, people in our Discord for 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 okay to give this perspective, they used to use. Who was Triple H? Poppy. Poppy. Poppy has, like, songs that have done millions of downloads. This person has 120 followers on SoundCloud. Like, it's not even... She's a literal person on the street. It's crazy. I have to know how this came together.
2: I'm fascinated. What's the connection? Yeah, unfortunately, I think we're we're getting too far past it where people are not going to explore it. This has been the week to for people to explore it. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So, yeah, she can show up. A bunch other random people can show up, and nobody will really care that much. All right, so that's so the, the Women's World Rumble match. So, Bianca Belair, Ronda Rousey, Bailey at plus 600 is pretty high up there. Alexa Bliss, it's plus 700 as well, are your top four. So, you have... <laughs>
1: so well, if I got nine spots open, this means that my yearly dream of Velvet McIntyre showing up is alive, right? It's not... It's yeah, it's not
2: fun. impossible. It is not impossible. I love this that... Three of the four people that are betting favorites to win this thing are not active. Alexa Bliss has been gone. bailey has been gone. Ronda Rousey's inactive, has been gone for years, and then Bianca Belair. Yeah. Nice job. Nice division you guys got there.
1: They've done a wonderful job.
2: Paige has better odds than Asuka, (laughs) Shayna Baszler, and Io Shiraz. There are a lot of... Yeah, some of these are just really... It's a... Really sick. Queen Zelina. <laughs> do you want to guess where? You know, this is a good guess. What do you think the odds are on Queen Zelina and Natalia?
1: The shop stored. Um, plus 900. <laughs> Higher. Plus 2,000. Higher. My God. What are the odds? I'm going to say, the I, might, I might throw a
2: bone or two on Queen Zelina. You never know if they get wild or crazy here. Because you'll make yeah. a lot of money here. She has 6,600. Wow. <laughs> Dana Brooke plus ten thousand
1: to get that championship. Championship. (laughs) I don't know if I'm embarrassed for her or like or that it's heartwarming that she does that she's so proud of winning that title like legit.
2: Oh, the twenty four seven?
1: I don't get the sense it's a work. Like she's legitimately proud of that. It's weird, right? Yeah. She has to know that nobody cares. I mean,
2: I would hope. Yeah, you do hope. You do hope she does.
1: Don't the veterans who chase her around have it? One of them, like Drew Gulak. Yeah, I was. I like, was.
2: That's exactly the name I was going to bring up. Be like, be like,
1: look. You know, this doesn't mean anything, <laughs> right? Like,
2: <laughs> as they're in catering, poking at their chicken breast, saying, uh, "You look."
1: Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah.
2: <laughs> it's a job. Just think of it that way. It's a job.
1: Yeah. Well, that reminds me of the old. Uh, you ever hear Lance Storm tell that story where he was in catering at WCW and he he was gonna lose? Remember he had all the titles, like
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. He won all the Canadian titles and renamed him and stuff. Yeah.
1: So I don't remember what title it was, but he was gonna. It was a he was at Nitro and he was gonna lose one of the titles, like the TV title or whatever. And he said that uh, Johnny Stamboli came up to him and was was it John? I don't want to besmirch. It could the be wrong yeah, guy.
2: Johnny the Bull. Is that the same? Guy, Johnny the Bull. He would, he would have been around that time. No, so. but I
1: don't know if it was him or Disco. It was one of those fucking, you know, one of those Italians.
2: <laughs> Nobody cares.
1: But uh, it was either Glenn Gilberty or uh, Johnny St- But, uh, man, I don't want to besmirch the wrong guy. It's it's funnier if you know who the guy But anyway.
2: <laughs> okay, should we figure uh, out who this one is?
1: The guy comes up to him and he's like, man, I, I Lance, I heard the news. And Lance is like thinking the worst. He's like, <laughs> especially in this era, you know what I mean? Like he's thinking one of his friends fucking died or something. So the guy's like, yeah, man, I, I heard they're taking the TV title off. Yeah, man, he's like, did you try to talk your way out of it? And Lance is like, no, I don't care. He's like, what do you mean? He's like, it doesn't mean anything. He's like, I don't care if I lose this title. It's one less title to drag through the airport. You know, so it's like you have that, you know, pragmatic, logical Lance Storm and Jake the Snake Roberts, who always used to say, I don't want any titles. Please don't give
2: me a title. I don't want to carry it around.
1: I have to carry a 50 pound Python around. Please don't make me add a belt to that. Um, And then you have Dana Brooke, who's like legitimately tickled that she won the 24-7 title. It's just, again, I don't know if that's embarrassing or if it's charming. I don't know where I fall on that. I could go either way, depending on my mood.
2: All right, you so ready now for the uh, men's Royal Rumble match? I'm ready. I just noticed I, I did not put the uh, Brock Lesnar match in our rundown, and nobody pointed it out. You know, usually, I get one thing wrong. And I get 27 people saying, Ah, you didn't, uh, Hiroshi Hashi is actually uh, not the champion in this like but I didn't list the main event of the show with Brock Lesnar in it nobody cared or notice. that's incredible all right um men's royal rumble match joe uh this all right from team raw oh this one's not that funny because there's the only freelance guy is johnny knoxville so i'm not going to do that gimmick there uh angelo dawkins montez ford ray mysterio dominic mysterio austin theory sheamus johnny knoxville damian priest aj styles big e Happy Corbin, Madcap Moss, Sammy zayn They're all, all, the stars are out here tonight. So Kofi Kingston, Kevin Owens, Omos, Randy Orton, Riddle, Chad Gable, Otis, Tal Ziggler, and Robert Roode. What in the world? Good God. Are these it was names? big. It was,
1: it was Big Vito, by the way, who... Big
2: was the Vito, one. oh. He, and he's such, a, he's such a, like, a nice dude, too, I think. Like, yeah. People like Big Vito, so it, to him it probably was a big deal.
1: I think he was just kind of like uh, oblivious to...
2: Yeah, he was still um, pretty new to the biz at that time, I think.
1: Um, I just thought of that. I was on the right track. I knew it was some That's greasy good. Hey, Italian. <laughs> hey, <right>? late. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: Can you believe yeah. that? They're taking the title from you, man. Look. I
1: knew it was some pasta eater. <laughs> in,
2: um, his, in his hat, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, you how rock, many open yeah. spots are in this Rumble?
2: Uh, the open spots in this Royal Rumble 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. There is eight open spots in this Rumble.
1: All right, well, the more open spots, the better, right? I mean, you know, it'll,
2: I mean, that Forbidden Door is gonna, I mean, Cody, yeah, uh, Mox. <laughs> so, that's two spots right there for Cody and Mox, maybe Omega. That's three. Uh,
1: you, ma- you want a little Okada. mystery. Right? Like, <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: that's... Look, if you know that Jimmy Uso is one of the guys in the match, you don't care. Nobody cares, right? So it's like, isn't it better that there's a yeah. little oh, mystery? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Right? We Rather talk we pretty... about
2: that every year. I always leave the surprises, but yeah, fucking Gorilla Monsoon. <laughs> Hated the surprises.
1: Yeah. Like, you know, don't, don't tell me that Boogs is going to be in the match. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. Leave the spot open.
2: Honestly, to me, I would I would announce like five guys, and then I would leave the rest of it open. Or I think what they I guess what they do, you know, announcing like twenty guys is fine. And then if you if somebody does show up or you makes a few calls and somebody does, that's fine. But yeah, if they don't, you just tell Boogs, yeah, hey, you're up. You know.
1: Well, let's be honest; they don't know who's going to be in this thing yet. That's right. Really uh, there's a very good chance no, they have no clue.
2: So, um, yeah. betting odds are all over the place for this one. Uh, Biggie at plus three hundred and fifty is your favorite. Brock Lesnar is the second favorite, even though he's not in the match officially yet, uh, at plus 375. I would love for Brock to win his title match, go to the Rumble, and then just throw everybody out in the title in the Rumble too.
1: I would be a big fan of that, yeah. Brock brings the excitement.
2: Roman Reigns, plus 800. I, he's also not in the match, but that's okay. Uh, and Drew McIntyre at plus 900. So again, similar to your Women's Royal Rumble, you have one roster member... A guy that's defending a title, a guy that's defending a title, and a guy who's... I'm going to tell you, don't like the Drew McIntyre plus 900 bet there. I think he's got a legit injury, so that's probably not a great move. Yeah. What do you think about The Rock at plus 1,200 here?
1: I think you may as well take your money and put it through a shredder. I don't that's what not think
2: The Rock is showing up here at the Royal Rumble to win this. Uh, yeah. Austin Theory in the top half here at plus... Twenty five hundred for a.
1: The man's on a program with like Vince McMahon. Yeah, so. he
2: is. um Stone Cold is that plus ten thousand? I love that Stone Cold and Dana Brooke. Have
1: same... Yeah, yeah. Twenty four seven champion. Twenty four seven champion.
2: and Stone Cold Steve Austin at the champion same have the same chances of winning the Royal Rumbles. That's.
1: They just throw them on there because people will bet on Stone Cold yeah, Steve Austin. Yeah, for sure. I'd be like, ah, oh, hell,
2: if he shows up, that'd be awesome. So, um right. Dominic, are you going to care about Dominic if it's ten thousand plus ten thousand to Dominic? You would care then if you put five bucks on Dominic and made all that money, right?
1: I will never care about Dominic.
2: <laughs> the story.
1: Ever have you been following the
2: story they've been doing about the Royal Rumble here with these guys?
1: Yeah, yeah. So for it, the last they,
2: couple of weeks, it has been. This is the way they're building the. This is how they want to take your fifty four ninety nine. Obviously, everyone's just watching on Peacock now. But like back in the day, you used to be able to make those rants about pay per view and the amount of money it was going to cost. But I'm just going to yeah. keep doing it anyway. They want your fifty four ninety nine. So what they're doing is they're having Angela Dawkins, Montez Ford, Dominic yeah. and Rey Mysterio go out and have tag matches that then break down into like hey, here's what the Royal Rumble looks like. Because they also think you're so dumb that you don't know what it looks like when a man goes over the top rope. Right. So they have to show Angelo Dawkins tossing somebody over the top rope. So you go, oh, I get yeah. it, over the yes. top rope. So then they had Correct. a segment where they threw Angelo Dawkins out, they threw Montez Ford out, and then Dominic Mysterio's in the ring, and he's with his 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 dad, and they're high five and yeah, we did it, we eliminated these guys. And then yes. Ray comes up from behind Dominic and tosses him out. And Dominic goes, "What? Oh!" And Ray goes, "Ah, you
1: gotta think on your feet. It's the Royal Rumble, baby." Well, you know it is every man for himself. It is every man, is man for himself. Cole one in thirty insane. odds.
2: Yeah, one in thirty odds to win this thing. So
1: yes, <laughs> yeah, you love that. The one in
2: thirty odds. <laughs> it rages me. But so, so this week on, on Raw is War, they had a, they they asked Dominic, you know. To win this Royal Rumble, you're going to have to eliminate your father, which is not true. Like, somebody else can eliminate his father. It's not Correct. true at all. Correct. But, yeah.
1: but okay. No, Rich, you have to eliminate 29 other men. <laughs> right. Michael Cole will also explain to you. Right. Yeah.
2: So then Dominic goes, Well, yeah, I have no problem doing that. And then Ray gets mad about this. Yeah. Ray's like, Oh, come on, man. What about loyalty? What about familia? <laughs>
1: That's like you talked about last week. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? I hate with that. This that Ray voice, like he got tricky a surgery. <laughs> right. He's like, Come on, uh, Dominic, I'm your, I'm your father. Are you can't throw You know,
2: he, just, he <laughs> threw him out last week. What are we doing?
1: That Ray voice, where he say he sounds like Marlon Brando in The Godfather <laughs> right. when he yeah. talks. <laughs> not, not familiar, man. Dominic, <laughs> I make you an offer you can't refuse. Right. You know.
2: So, uh, I mean, Dom has been front and center in this Royal Rumble build. So, I don't know. Plus 10,000 is not a bad bet. on, on, on It's big, a horrible bet. <laughs> big Dom. So.
1: It's a horrible bet. They know he stinks now. <laughs> they don't even pretend he's good anymore.
2: <laughs> Samoa Joe is a plus 4,000. I'd say that is that is not a good bet at all. Waste of money. Uh, well, oh, I wonder. I bet Walter's at a plus 4,000. If I bet Walter and then Gunther comes out and wins, can I get my money back?
1: You know... I think they should pay that off. I think they should pay that off. I, I thought you were gonna say Waller. I'm like, oh my boy, uh
2: Oh Grayson Waller. Waller, he there's a very good chance that he shows up, right?
1: I mean, he's been on the big show. He's yeah. been on raw.
2: They need numbers, so um Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So uh I do like this that like Gable Stevenson is plus five thousand, Ricochet is plus six thousand six hundred. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> things are going oh, man, well for...
2: literally still in college is a better bet than ricochet
1: <laughs> on it like i i think there's a good chance ricochet's not even in it like i
2: didn't i didn't mention his name and yeah i don't uh, i don't know i don't know if he's gonna be in it
1: what are the odds you're gonna hear the, <laughs> the, ricochet, the ricochet sound. Yeah, and then him guessed. and
2: three other people can do the Kofi uh, Kingston.
1: Whoa, he's eliminated.
2: No, he's on his hands. That's not a eliminated spot. So, so tiresome. That's so the worst. Tiresome. Yeah, anyway. Well, that is Those are the Royal Rumble matches, so get into those for sure. Um yeah. All right, then we had the dew drop. We talked about that dew drop versus Becky. Um, we have Roman Reigns versus Seth freaking Rollins. The Usos are barred from ringside.
1: Who am I rooting for in that match? Who am Uh,
2: I supposed to... Well. Huh. (laughs) Interesting. Okay. Uh, So, Roman Reigns is is the head of the table. Correct. Dominant, like, destruction.
1: Rich, I acknowledge that. Yeah, you
2: acknowledge that he's done that. And Seth is this guy that wears loud clothing and screams, and he's annoying.
1: Yeah. He's... uh... I, I Like, who's supposed to be...
2: Yeah, who's likable among
1: <laughs> these two men? Who's supposed to be the babyface here?
2: Well, it's gotta be Seth then. If you're barring the Usos from ringside, the idea is that the heel would use his, you know... Cu- there's cousins by the Usos. I don't know if you know that they're cousins of, of uh, Roman Reigns. Um, so he's using their cousins. So he would have to be the heel there. So Seth freaking Rollins is your, uh, your babyface, I guess. You
1: know who Seth Rollins reminds me of? Matthew Lesko, the free government money guy. Do you remember that, dude? With the question marks all over his face. Oh, suit. yes.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He money. got indicted or something, right?
1: Oh, did he? I,
2: I don't know if it... Yeah, I don't think things worked out for, for him. But I could be wrong. Hmm. Let me find out. Oh, no, geez. actually, never mind. He's not the same guy I was thinking of. No, I think this guy's fine. Yeah. He was the, the free body. <laughs> just, like, yes. He walked around parking lots and just like, free body? <laughs> that guy yeah. rolled. Actually, that guy rocked. No, he, I think he's fine, so...
1: He's not a criminal.
2: Uh, I mean, it would add up. I mean, <laughs> not for this. I mean, using, <laughs> I, I would say misrepresenting people to take advantage of government programs is probably <laughs> technically a crime. But um...
1: What other podcast on earth are you getting a Lloyd Benson and Matthew <laughs> Lesko reference in the same show?
2: Yeah. Um...
1: Where's that going to happen? So who's the baby face in this match? I, I have no fucking idea.
2: Now. No idea. Who cares? Nobody knows. And then um, <laughs> Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley.
1: WWE championship. Right. Yeah, well, you know, that should be entertaining. Yeah. I'll enjoy that. Yeah, that's
2: gonna be, that'll be a, the Paul Heyman special. You, you, you can close your eyes and know exactly what this match is going to be. The bell's going to ring. These men are going to throw bombs at one another. Brock's going to turn some weird shade of purple do a mm-hmm. bunch of F5s. Lashley's going to spear him through the barricade probably at one point. Brock's going to hit an F5 eventually get the win. But it's Is gonna... there a
1: spear through the barricade prop?
2: Right. There should be. Smashing it in right now. Let's see. Um, How many Bobby Lashley spears in the match? No. Not nope. Just how many Bobby Lashley spears?
0: Hmm.
2: Over 1.5 or under 1.5 for that.
1: Well, as you can tell by the third hour placement, we're very excited about the, <laughs> the
2: Royal Rumble. Rumble, yeah. So, this weekend. Cannot wait. Yeah. Champ of the bit for the uh, Royal Rumble. All right. Let's talk about our final two topics here uh, before we get out. Uh, it is All Japan Pro Wrestling. We'll start there. They had a Triple Crown Tournament, their New Year Wars show. We have a review up at voicesofwrestling.com. We also have a brand new uh, All Japan and Noah podcast on the Voice of Wrestling Podcast Network as well, the Emerald Flow Show. Uh, it's Paul and Gerard are going to be hosting that, talking about All Japan. And pro wrestling Noah, so they'll, they'll get into some detail about this as well. So if you're into the world of All Japan, you're into the, the world of Noah. We have a brand new podcast for you to listen to uh, as well. But uh, yes, All Japan pro wrestling triple crown tournament here on the All Japan New Year's War show, January 23rd. Um, how do you want to handle this? You want to go right to the main event, or we want to talk about the entire "quote unquote" tournament? Like how do you want to play this? Because I, I watched I watch all the tournament matches. I did not see anything else uh, from the show though. Yeah. I take that back. I watched Sugi. And Rising Hayato, I saw that match as well.
1: Ah, I'm sorry that you watched that. <laughs>
2: I, um, like, I liked it a little bit,
1: did you? They botched the finish, though.
2: They did, yeah. Uh, Sugi, there's, there's no matter what, I'm always going to be somewhat interested in Sugi. I don't know, I don't know why.
1: I, I've watched like all of his matches since he came back to zero one like three years ago, and he has the same match every single time with yeah, but but the same I finish, liked him, though. I don't know why, yeah. Um, I've got some scoops out of All Japan, too, Ooh. that we can get to. I decided not to put them behind the paywall. I figured I would just work them into the segment. Well, there you so. go.
2: All right, so we'll start out here. Two um, semifinal matches to get us started here. Uh, it was yeah. Kento Miyahara and Suwama was the first one. Uh, 11 minutes, 28 seconds. Kento Miyahara moves on. I thought this is pretty decent. Like, unfortunately, All Japan with no crowds or with clap crowds is, like, literal death. Like, it's a horrific watch with no crowds. But I thought this match was pretty damn solid. They went out there. And and did some decent stuff. Suwama looked okay in this. Kento looked like Kento. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised by this match, I should
1: say. It was alright. I thought that um, it was better than the Ryuki Honda Shatero Ashino match, yes. which was oh, fine. I did not like that at all. Um, so they we talked about this scenario. They went with give the young guy, the 21-year-old or whatever, the run into the finals. But once Honda beat Ashino, which LOL Ashino again, Um even though he's under contract now, same old story, that, I mean, you knew Mia Hart, they weren't putting a triple crown title on Honda. So it kind of gave away the finish of the main, which I didn't like. Did you like the main event? I didn't like no, it. No, I did not. I I, I, thought, didn't, like that I
2: didn't really like any of I mean, Mia Hart and Suan was probably my favorite of the ones I did watch, but I thought the main event was kind of boring. All Japan, it's so tough. It is I'm gonna tell you so the... tough to watch in the clap crowds.
1: All Japan is without question just a glorified indie at this point even the talent that they're using it feels
2: that way it really does feel that way now
1: um the atmosphere is awful it is almost impossible to remember that not too long ago all Japan and Noah felt the same like on this, they were on equal footing right like now Noah is just blown right past them and it's the ownership you you got to get the ownership and all Japan doesn't have that they don't have the money backing and to me, the main event, I, I mean, I'm going to be rough on Honda. I know he's 21 years old, but, I mean, this was the most low-rent triple crown challenger I've ever seen. I
2: Joe, I have a note about when he beat Ashino in that semifinal. Yeah. They raised his hand, and he's, like, smiling. And he's yeah. just kind of like, eh, I got it. But with no charisma whatsoever, you know what I mean? Just kind of like, yeah, I moved on. I'm like, motherfucker, you're 21, you have a chance at the triple crown championship. Like... Get get excited, get ready, get ex- get angry, get something, man.
1: I, the and then he comes out to this Honda, match,
2: and he's just he's just a guy in a match.
1: I get he's a kid, and I get that they're using all of these ex-Wrestle One guys now because they need a roster. I mean, you know, going all the way back to Yasuke Okada, with, who, you know, politics forced him out, and now he's back with Akiyama and DDT. But Nomura basically is going to quote-unquote retire. But that's just him sneaking out of the company. We all know that. Koji Iwamoto is now out. Zeus is a part-timer because he wants to rebuild Osaka Pro. So they lost a big chunk of their roster. So they have to use these Wrestle 1 guys now. And I get that. But Honda's very much a Wrestle 1 guy. He's not a major league guy. And look, he's 21. But to me, he's just a lump. Like he's this lumpy-looking guy yeah, he, with no he, charisma. He,
2: he looks like if you're just kind of clicking around on on Japanese indies and you watch some undercard match between two guys, you go, eh, yeah, you know, whatever.
1: Yeah, a guy that's going nowhere. You don't. You. I don't get the. I don't see any upside. No, in Ryu. no, no, no. It's
2: not like I. I didn't come away with these matches saying, "Oh man, this guy's got something." You know, you there. There's no building blocks to this guy. I was like, this is just a dude doesn't have it. He's here just because they needed a guy to lose to Kento, but yeah, not a dude that I would know.
1: I came away thinking this is the sad state of all Japan that a guy like this is in a triple crown match.
2: Right. I, I had this exact same thought when it was over. I just when when, when they went, you know, very slow count, One, two, yeah. three, and it's like. Yeah, I was like that's and the Triple Crown Championship. <laughs> like no watched, energy. Yeah, like, oh my god, that's the triple crown. Like, that's such a big talk about world titles, PWI, man. The Triple Crown. I mean, there was nothing better than that title for years, for decades. And now it's just like eh, 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 no energy right. in the
1: building. <laughs> even even by by COVID standards, there's no energy yeah. in the building. And you know, Kento Miyahara, he's not in the best shape. He's got a little gut on him now. Um he sold his ass off for this kid, which like he, he tried his best to like give this kid a ton. He he kicked out the, the kid gave him his finisher, um, and they did a very dramatic near fall where Kento did a great job kicking out at 2.9. But I don't think Miyahara looked great on these shows. I think this feels like a company that's on death's door. We've said that before about all Japan and Kento pulled him out of it. I don't know if he pulls him out of it now. I This don't... felt
2: this felt dire. This felt like I don't even know what we're doing here anymore, guys. Like this, it, it's it's. I almost wish it wasn't called All Japan anymore because we've said that for a while. Like for a couple of years now, this hasn't been All Japan Pro Wrestling. But this, I don't know why. for For some reason, on this moment, this show I was just watching, going, where are you guys going? Like, what what's the point of all this?
1: There's just so much Shindy level talent in this company now? I mean, they brought in. Um... Tachibana and Takayuni Ueki and um, the the guy from, uh, the Indian guy from, from Gato Move, who I can't stand. Oh, a- Aki,
2: um, Aki, I believe, yeah.
1: Balian Aki. And they do this weird three-on-one match against Yoshitatsu, and then Kazuma Sakamoto is the big payoff, so they're going to be oh, like this big Christ. heel unit.
2: Oh, awesome.
1: I mean, when you have a heel unit, and look, Kazuma Sakamoto was very good in Dragon Gate, surprisingly good.
2: I will admit, but, I, I admit that he did he did win me over in Dragon Gate. But that is in that roster. Yeah. I don't like him in this roster.
1: <laughs> well, the thing is, like, when you have a heel unit led by Kazuma Sakamoto and it involves, you know, the geek from Gato Move and, you know, Siego Tachibana and Takayuki, it's like, these are fucking, these are low-level indie guys. This is all Japan. This is what they've been reduced to. Okay? And they had a big meeting before this show with the office to kind of because they knew they had that rally because the 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 people on the roster understand what's going on. So they kind of had a what I would call a pep rally before the show to talk to everybody and 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 explain to them what was going on. And uh, even in that tag, the the big six man tag, that was essentially, I'm told, a tryout. The tag that had. Uh, Omori and Ishikawa and Andy Wu but on the other side it had uh Renda Yabe and Takato Nakano and and uh Kazumasa Yoshida those guys that was match was essentially a tryout for those dudes and that's why Ishikawa and Omori were on the other side they're looking for talent and you know they signed Ashino and the other Wrestle One veterans, the other um, uh, Kodama and and uh, and and Koji Doi, the other Eclipse guys, Kuma Arashi, they're not signed yet, but they probably will be. And now they're looking even deeper now with some of these other indie guys. And that's the state of the company now because they've lost so much talent. And you know, look at the roster. So they're they're rebuilding from scratch with a lot of these low-level indie dudes, and it just, the shows do not feel Major League. This did not feel Major League.
2: No, it definitely, I mean, when you, when, you, when you talk about, I mean, I watched those final two matches there, Sugi, who I like, but he's not, you know, Sugi, but Sugi was cool when he was just in, like, you know, mid-level indies and stuff. So you have Sugi, and then into that main event, it's just like, you know, it, it's, you go up and down this card, and it's like, yeah, who, who are guys that you really think, okay, Kento's, you can't always go back to, Ken, you know what I mean? Kento, you can't always do that. You know what I mean? You can't always go back to Suwama. Who's after that? It's a Shino. They, I mean, Jesus Christ. We've been saying that for three years now at this point there. It feels like it's been two. there's nobody. I mean, dude, there's nobody after those guys.
1: So yeah, the idea, they're going to bring in more. You're going to see more of this. There's going to be other freelancers coming in for these sort it's of tryout not matches. Watching, then
2: if that's the case. like,
1: Well, they're trying to find guys and they're yeah. going to be aggressive about Trying to because you know this is their this is their their place now they want a Yato Yoshida, I'm told, but he's just his career is just dying on the vine. Yeah, what the what's the
2: deal there? Does he just not air? Does he just find there? Just or is there the, some weird thing that he can't leave or something? No, it's know. the
1: it's the Japanese thing where it's like that's his home promotion, yeah. and if Taka didn't run into all that drama three four years ago. Yato Yoshida is probably a full-time New Japan roster member now, and he's probably getting pushed.
2: Oh, for sure. I mean, they were they were if you look at those Lions Gate, was it Lionsgate or whatever the shows yeah. were? I mean, he was getting like pretty big time matches and he was
1: They were setting up a, a career long rivalry between him and Shota Aminu, yeah. if you mm-hmm. remember. Mm-hmm. They were clearly doing that. But politics got in the way and they had to stop using them. And he went back to 2AW and now he's stuck there. And that's just that Japanese thing where the politics get involved. And I don't know that new Japan can bring him back because Taka's is not involved with two AW anymore. And I don't know how all those politics work. So I know all Japan's interested in him, and he would be a huge get. I mean, at this point, if they get him, I would advocate. Oh,
2: strap him up immediately. That's what I would do. I mean, he's, nah, he's...
1: I wouldn't do that. What I would do is he would be the guy who Miyahara eventually puts over as the next guy is how I would do it. Long-term.
2: Do you have that much time?
1: I mean, that's a good question. But the other thing, if I'm Kento Miyahara, aren't you looking for an exit plan? Oh, for sure. This is dire. Yeah, I'm counting so down the days space. saying, hey, I,
2: look, I got X amount of time, years left in my career, and they're not long. You know what I mean? Like, like you said, his body already starts to look like it, it's, it's starting to Listen, get a little bit of I'm wear not... and tear on it. I'm not, I'm not wasting the last five, ten years of my career in this thing.
1: He's so. 32. He's that's a rough
2: 32. Which... That's a rough 32.
1: And I'm not trying to start a conspiracy, and this isn't part of the information I gathered this week. But to me, he looked like a guy who was checked out. Now, he sold his ass off for the kid, which I think is admirable. Because I don't know if I'm in Kento Mihar's position that I sell for that guy. I, I see nothing in Honda. Maybe that's the problem here, but I see nothing in that guy. But other than that, he looked checked out. You know? This might be a good time to... I've never advocated for a Miyahara jump, and many people have. And I've always said, I don't believe in that shit. Like, this is his promote. But now I'm advocating for a Miyahara jump. This is a dead-end promotion at this point. I did not like this show at all. I didn't like the feel of this. Yeah, this is bad. I I almost should
2: have not watched it because it made me really down on on All Japan. It made me really question, should I ever really watch this company for, you know... Or prioritize watching this company? Because we usually do. We usually try to, but it, it... It was pretty dire to the point where I'm like, I don't know, man. There's, there's a lot of other wrestling we could be watching instead of this stuff.
1: Yeah, so the original plan was um, allegedly Jake Lee and then he would lose. They were going to try. This is, you know, I'm not trying to put myself over, but it's basically what I've been speculating on. They were going to try different people during the pandemic and hope that they catch on with the fans when there's less pressure to draw. And then the plan was always to go back to Kento when the fans came back. But then Jake Lee got hurt. So they tore up all the plans they had to try all these different people and they just said they panicked and went back to Kento because now they're just looking for stability. And when you look at this roster, you can understand that. And now they signed Ashino, which is a good vote of confidence, but I, I who knows what they really think of him. Um, I don't know. My feeling coming out of this show is All Japan's a mess and I don't see any... I don't see a lot of hope. No, I'm not even a huge Jake Lee guy. Like I don't think.
2: Yeah, he's- if he's your, your hope, I don't really love that either. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I, he doesn't really strike me as like the, All right, we've talked about that for years. Like, we've been kind of waiting for that it moment for him, and you know, he had the culmination there. And yeah, obviously it was during COVID crowds and all that sort of stuff, but it didn't it didn't feel like you know, it, it, like you said, compare and contrast Noah and All Japan. I mean, there was not that long ago where All Japan was drawing more than Noah and 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 felt hotter than Noah, and that was like. Three years ago, you know what I mean, and now where they are at this point, it's 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 quite literally night and day in a lot of cases. So it, it's it's wild.
1: Yeah. Anyway, I um yeah, I just didn't come out of this show with good feelings at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I <laughs> I don't know. It's uh even the post match stuff was a mess. I mean, I I I don't know. Um, it's it's not arrow pointing up at all, and I, I know that. Uh, you know, Ishikawa and Suwama kind of want to start winding down a little bit, but um, they might be in a tough spot, yeah, where they can't can. go. Yeah,
2: I, mean, I mean, they need them, for sure.
1: You know, it's... Uh... Yeah, so, I don't know. This show did, was not encouraging. It didn't feel depressing. good.
2: And... Yeah, massively depressing. If you've not watched this, I would just recommend not watching it, because it's only going to make you I mean, very sad of the state of affairs that all Japan
1: th- I'll tell you what, though. The Miyahara-Honda match, I mean... I've seen it get some pretty good reviews, hmm. but I just, uh, Honda to me looked just like a fucking lumpy, uncharismatic, shitty indie guy. Yeah. I couldn't get into him at all. Yeah, I,
2: I think I'm, I'm right with you on that.
1: Very unbecoming for the triple crown in my view, but, um, and not a guy that I would push. So sorry if you're listening, Ryuki Honda, but, uh,
2: yeah. Get on that stairmaster kid. <laughs> all right, anyway. Uh I
1: was willing to give him a shot in this little tournament here, but I
2: you know, Yeah, no, he just, did not I he did not acclimate himself very well to me. All right, we are we are at three hours, but I'm gonna go real quick. We'll do the RevPro Pro uh high yeah. stakes and then we're done. That's all we had on the run sheet. Uh taking place this Saturday from York Hall. Unfortunately, Rev Pro is very slow about getting their shows up uh, on demand, but hopefully they do this one pretty quickly because this looks like a hell of a card. I'm really excited to check out this show when it does come up. It's a uh, main event. Undisputed British heavyweight title, Will Ospreay defending against Michael Oku.
1: Yeah, Oku has no chance. We all know that RKJ is going to be the one to beat Ospreay. Um, But obviously, I want to see if Oku can step up. He's been very hit or miss uh, the last couple of months. So I want to see if he could step up and have a great match with a guy who basically, if you can't have a great match with this Will is, Ospreay. This is
2: the tent I, pole here. If you can't do it with Will, yeah, then I don't know if you, you can probably, do it.
1: Yeah, yeah, so we'll see.
2: Uh, Undisputed British Women's Championship, Alex Windsor versus Charlie Evans.
1: Windsor's gotten the big push. Charlie Evans is in Europe right now with uh, Yeezy Con, Everett Connors, and they're trying to get booked over there. Interesting that Connors didn't get booked on this show. They booked Charlie Evans, uh, and I'm sure Everett Connors will be lurking around, but they didn't uh, bother. They were like, you know what, Yeezy Con, we're good. Yeah. We're good. We're good on the easy con. Show we're up, bring your gear. Charlie you yep. never
2: know what's going to happen, but uh, yeah. yeah, you're not on the show. <laughs> yeah,
1: you're, you're welcome to hang out in the back. Yeah. Bring, but, your gear, uh, bring
2: your gear. Bring your gear. Of course, always have your gear on you. But yeah, just uh, uh
1: you know, enjoy uh, the
2: tea and crumplets <laughs> you know, backstage, enjoy the enjoy the beans on toast backstage. So uh, uh,
1: yeah, but yeah, but we're good. We're all booked. We're all booked. Right, right. Yeah.
2: Uh, Shota Umino versus Yota Suji. A little New Japan young lion battle here.
1: Yeah, so we all know the story they're doing with Suji and, uh, you know, Shota is, uh, is on his excursion here as well. So, um, yeah, that should be a lot of fun. Very interesting match.
2: Yeah, interesting to see that one. Uh, Sunshine Machine versus Aussie Open. This is for the undisputed British tag team titles. We've talked about Sunshine Machine that... It looks like it should be good, but it hasn't been that great yet. Aussie Open rules. One of the best tag teams in the world right now that not a lot of people are giving them enough credit for. Not a lot of people are watching their matches. So uh, this will be pretty fun to see uh, if Sunshine Machine can kind of figure it out and get on the right track. And then just to see Aussie Open continue to just be great, which they have been for, for quite
1: a while now. If it were me, Aussie Open would just win the titles here. And I would split up TK Cooper and Chuck Bombo. And I'm going to advocate for that until they do it. They have no chemistry. It just isn't working, and I think TK Cooper needs to be a heel. I would I would break them up. I'd have TK Cooper attack him and turn on him, and I would have them feud, and I would have TK Cooper go over in the feud, and then I would push him as a top heel. That's what I would do.
2: And then the undercard, which I really, really like this undercard a lot. Uh, RKJ versus Luke Jacobs, Kellen Newman versus Dan Maloney, and Gabriel Kidd versus the good Italian boy, Francesco Akira.
1: Yeah, that's a great undercard. That's a really, that's, uh, really fun
2: undercard. Gabe, Gabe Kidd and Akira, man, that sounds did you, awesome.
1: Did you see Gabe Kidd versus Eddie Kingston?
2: Yes, he rules. My God. That man has lapped. You know, we were we were a big Carl Fredericks show a couple years ago. Yeah. Gabe Kidd has lapped Carl Fredericks.
1: That is the best Eddie Kingston match I've ever seen. Easily. I could say that with confidence. Mm. It'll be in my next batch of reviews. Too.
2: Wow, okay. I don't... Mm. I don't want to give mm-hmm. away the
1: stars because it's in the review, but it's a lot. It's a lot. I love that match. It's great. I've never seen Kingston. You know I'm not a huge Kingston bell-to-bell guy. Sure. But that that was the best Eddie Kingston match I've ever seen. Wow. And Gabe Kidd was a huge part of that. He yeah, was he, so he, good he in that match. He's really, really, good. Really. And I think he could have an excellent match with Akira on that undercard, the good Italian boy. Callum Newman, Dan Maloney's a super interesting match. Yes, guy.
2: very excited about that one.
1: Dan Maloney's a guy where, I, like, I'd sign him. Like, oh, I, I think would, he's great. I, he's got
2: a, a major league look, major league presence, good enough, man, good worker. From, good, yeah, good, he, good look, yeah, for sure. A
1: couple years ago, he was a jag. This dude rules. Like, he gets it now. It just all came together for him. Um, the shithouse would... now
2: too, which definitely helps.
1: Oh yeah, he looks like a major Between league that, wrestler. The beard
2: and the muscles. Yeah, he's a fucking monster.
1: The charisma that he has now, he just yeah, I mean, this is why you got to give people a chance. Maybe we're being too hard on Ryuki Honda. Who knows. Yeah. Maybe I, he can turn I, it I
2: okay, maybe you're right. Maybe he has the potential. I don't like the look of, of what I've seen so far. Yeah,
1: neither, neither do I. <laughs>
2: he um, doesn't look like a man that will be hitting the weights anytime soon, so.
1: Yeah, but uh Callum Newman, of course, um, you know, that's that's Osprey's young boy and uh he's way ahead of where Osprey was at the same age. So that should be a fun match. I think Maloney should go over though. Um but Maloney's kind of a like I don't know, like it's when you have the heel champion like the heel, the other heel singles guys kind of get stifled. You don't have what do you do with them? Right. You know what I mean? So, and Osprey's kind of gone through all the baby. He went through Amino and now he's going to beat Oku so that, you know. Are you a little surprised that into RKJ will Osprey at high stakes and they're gonna um wait a little longer yeah,
2: i that, guess they're or? gonna wait i i yeah i don't know
1: maybe too soon to go right back to that yeah match. i
2: would say it is pretty soon because that was what september right i just just i just just talked about it on our match network, thing. a couple months ago Yeah, a couple yeah. months ago yeah there's still time to build it up again so yeah I'm, I'm fine with that but yeah otherwise i mean this is a hell of a card so i can't go wait at card yeah, yeah i can't wait till they put this up because this will be a, a for sure watch if it's up in time We'll, we'll probably cover it in next week's flagship, but uh, yeah, I really hope it's up in time because I think of that card, like, the only match, I'm not that interested in Windsor and Evans, and I'm only slightly interested in Sunshine versus Aussie Open just because I don't like Sunshine. Machine. Every other match I'm super into, so that's, uh, yeah, if you're not watching Rev Pro, uh, this is a good show to jump into because this I think is going to be pretty damn yeah. good.
1: No Kenneth Halfpenny this time around, unfortunately. No, yeah. Eh, that's, all right. good, yeah. <laughs> that's
2: fine so anyway uh that is it for us here uh flagship to get a uh, early reveal of the match of the year voice of wrestling top 10 uh for match of the year that is up right now at flagship patreon a bunch of new big X scramblers coming your way joe has mentioned the 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 thursday tier reviews as well as his written reviews are all going to be up there at flagship patreon.com the written reviews will be on the ten dollar tier uh and the uh, other stuff all on the $5 tier. But uh, yeah, a lot of stuff up there at FlagshipPatreon.com. Uh, VoicesOfWrestling.com to follow along with the Match of the Year uh, list and everything that's been going on with that uh, as well. Also, the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network, as we said, some exciting new additions uh, to that podcast network, so make sure you're subscribing to every podcast uh, on the podcast network. You can subscribe individually if you like, or just subscribe to the entire feed uh, wherever you get your podcast from. So that's, uh, that's it for us. So Virgil Lanza, I'm Rich Kreich. We'll talk to you next time on the Flagship Podcast. Take care.